listeners around the world logged on to qmzradio.com and johnnoradio.com it is wednesday july 6th a very special day for me it is also my mom's birthday so i'm celebrating her today yes i am without her i don't know where i will be honestly (laughs) she was a heavy hand but did it with love and I appreciate every minute of it. No regrets. No regrets. It's also hump day. Hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday. Today we're featuring the music of Destiny's Child. Thank you so much for be- being here with me. Thank you for joining me for Coffee and Toe. World News on the go every Monday through Friday. Starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern. This is where... I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments on Instagram, Moments with Me Media, and subscribe to the YouTube channel, Moments with Me Media. Like, share, comment, and click on that notification bell. And here are the headlines we have coming up for you today in international news. 22 millions, including children, die in boat disaster off Libya. 
G20 meeting may lead to wider divisions over war in Ukraine. Boris Johnson clinging to power. What you need to know. Russia criticizes unilateral leak of Putin-Macron call. China slams NASA claim it may take over the moon. In news out of North America, Highland Park suspected shooter planned attack weeks ahead dressed as female and left online tributes to other mass shootings. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s letter discussing use of the N-word selling for $95,000. Graham and Giuliani among Trump allies subpoenaed in Georgia Pro. In business and tech news, Shell buys a stake in Qatari gas field expansion project. Twitter to India court overturn government orders to remove content. Health and Sounds News, how an increasingly popular supplement landed a man in the hospital and what you need to know. In sports news, Venus Williams claps back at reporter asking if she'd go hard on Sister Serena in a match. Out of the Caribbean corner, BVI, mass stranding of pilot whales on Anagado. Bayesians, Guyanese, Surinamese to benefit from newly signed agreements. Out of Jamaica, government announces $2.7 billion in additional support for vulnerable citizens. Saudi Arabian investors to visit Jamaica this week. Government targets breadfruit cassava as wheat flour substitutes. Historic. All 63 MPs filed statutory declarations on time. And in our final story, out of Jamaica, no request for Jamaica's government, from Jamaica's government for popcorn to be detained in the UK. In our Believe It or Not stories, a Miami Beach hotel employee shot dead after denying a guest club entry. Michigan police used images of black males holding guns as target practice. A bodega worker facing murder charges for stabbing man during a potato chip argument. Come here, lonely Las Vegas travelers may now have virtual reality porn headsets delivered to their hotel rooms. In entertainment news, Kel Mitchell's ex-wife claims she once caught Nick Cannon dancing for Kel while dressed in her cheerleader uniform. Adele opens up about wanting more kids with Rich Paul. I definitely would like a couple more children. And Burna Boy doesn't mind Tony Braxton receiving 60% of royalties from his record, Last Last. We're going to be right back after this music break with the details. It is hashtag WCW, Woman Crush Wednesday. And today we're playing the music of Destiny's Child. Here they are. Well, Beyonce on the lead with this one. Featuring Slim Thug. You need to stop playing around with all the clowns and the wanksters. Good girls gotta get down with the gangsters. Go ahead, girl, put some back and some neck up on it. While I stand up in the background and check up on it. Oh boy, you're looking like you like what you see. Won't you come over and check up on it? I'ma let you work up on it. Ladies, let them check up on it. Watch it while he check up on it. Dip it, pop it, talk it, stop it, check. Who you watching me shake it? I see it in your face. You can't take it. It's blazing. You watch me in amazement. You can look at it as long as you don't grab it. If you don't go bragging, I'ma let you have it. You think that I'm teasing, but I ain't got no reason. I'm sure that I can please you, but first I gotta read you. Oh, boy, you looking like you like what you see. 
taste it, but I'm gon' make you chase it. Got to be patient. I like my man patient. More patient, you'll take my get you in more places. You can't be abrasive, have to know the pace. If I let you get up on it, you gotta make a promise. That you gon' put it on me, like no one's put it on me. Don't bore me, just show me. I'm in talk, but don't please. I can be a tease, but I really wanna please you. Get your party on, so get your hair cut and your car washed. 
watched you looking like a star. You're all mine. It suits you. Need to look your best 'cause you're turning heads tonight. You're gonna find a sexy chica that's gonna dance all night if you wanna. Always say he got a good one. I'm on the I spit, spit, grenadine and macarona talking shit, shit. Every nigga they got a fat knot, uh -huh. huh? I'm on him. And if he ain't got the dough stack, why would I want him? Yeah. I need things, know no that. Way. If you can't supply, picture me gone. Make this a moment for Kodak. Bye. Don't trip, y'all. Know I'm still a Williams, and when it comes to doing a remix, so so deaf, we killing it. I left my man at home, uh, uh, uh. the club is full of ballers. I'ma come up on. <laughs> well, Brad, I met about two or three that's talking right, trying to leave with me and go cut something. Uh, something. We came from making tracks in the basement to a five million dollar spot in Thank you to all our listeners logged on to QMZRadio.com, JohnNoRadio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. Our moments with me and your listening to Coffee and Toll World News on the Go every Monday through Friday starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern where I read the news and we share our reviews. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments on Instagram Moments with Me Media and subscribe to the YouTube channel Moments with Me Media. Like, share, comment and click on that notification bell. It is hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday. Today we're playing the songs of Destiny's Child. It's 
Spain, its southern neighbors, and European Union officials are increasingly alarmed that a hunger crisis worsened by the disruption of Ukraine's grain exports exports rather will trigger chaotic migration from the Sahel and sub-Saharan regions of Africa. At least 23 people died last week when some 2,000 people tried to cross into Spain's North African enclave of Melilla. Human rights groups in Morocco and Spain have called for a comprehensive investigation into the incident. G20 meeting may lead to wider divisions over war in the Ukraine, this story is courtesy of the Associated Press. Foreign ministers from the world's largest nations are looking to address Russia's war in Ukraine and its impact on global energy and food security when they meet in Indonesia this week. Yet, instead of providing unity, the talks may well exasperate existing divides over the Ukraine conflict. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov and Chinese Minister Wang Yi are set to attend the Group of 20 meeting in the Indonesian resort of Bali, which will set the stage for a summit of G20 leaders at the same venue in November. It will mark the first time Blinken and Lavrov have been in the same room, let alone the same city, since January. There is no indication the two will meet separately. But even without a one-on-one with Lavrov, Blinken could find himself in some difficult discussions. The State Department announced Tuesday that Blinken will hold separate talks with Wang at a time when already extremely tense U.S.-China relations have been worsened by Beijing's friendly ties with Moscow. And, unlike in recent leader-level meetings with NATO partners, and other like-minded partners, Blinken will find himself among diplomats from countries wary of the U.S. approach to Ukraine and concerned about its impact to them. U.S. officials say that aside from Wang, Blinken will have bilateral talks in Bali with counterparts from countries that have not seen eye-to-eye with the West on the Russian invasion, notably India, which has increased purchases of Russian oil even as the U.S. and Europe have tried to choke off that revenue stream for Moscow. In announcing that Blinken would meet with Wang in Bali, the State Department had little to say about the possibility of him seeing Lavrov, whom the U.S. has shunned since the Ukraine invasion in February. Pretty interesting, I must say. (laughs) And what's interesting for me here is China and India. And how delicately the U.S. has to approach them. Because, quite frankly, a lot of what we use here in the U.S., if you look at the label, what does it say? Made in China. India. And also, India is huge with tech. And a lot of companies here have their call centers in India. (laughs) So, yeah, the U.S. government definitely has to be very careful and very strategic with how they move. And I'm saying the U.S., even though it's the G20, they're led by the U.S. And quite frankly, in my opinion, it's what the U.S. says that goes. They dominate the decisions. They are the ones that are able to persuade effectively. I don't know if that's the right word to use. <laughs> but yeah. So let's see how this plays out. Um, interesting. Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, is fighting for his political future after the shock 
resignations of two senior ministers triggered a string of departures from a number of other government members. Johnson's finance and health secretaries quit on Tuesday, saying he was not fit to govern in the wake of the latest in a series of scandals to have hit his administration in recent months. Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, is currently fighting for his political future. Yeah, how is he going to come out? I don't know. Teflon, are you able to speak on what's going on over there across the pond? So I'm driving at the moment. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I, I, had a lot to, I had a lot to say, but... <laughs> All right, when you, I, I want you to be safe, so focus on the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, a growing number of lawmakers in his ruling Conservative Party have said it is time, his time is up. But Johnson has shown a resolve to remain in office and uh, swiftly moved to reshuffle his cabinet. In light of that, here's what we need to know. The resignations of Chancellor Rishi Sunak and Health Secretary Sajid Javed came as Johnson was apologizing for appointing MP Christopher Pincher to a role involved in offering pastoral care to his party. Even after being briefed about that the politician had been the subject of complaints about sexual misconduct. Critics, including former top... You're able to speak now? Yeah, just a quick one. Um, so this morning they had two more ministers resign. I can't remember their names, but they all basically all drop like flies now. So. Wow. Okay, what I'm going to do, I'm going to see if I can jump onto BBC to see if I can get an update on that one. Enough is enough, Javid tells PM in resignation speech. Interesting. Wow. All right, let's see. Well, we did talk about this last week, if I'm... I remember well that um, the political landscape in Britain, um, the midterms are coming up, and that's when the prime ministers usually get replaced for lack of being able to manage the affairs of the country, you know, to the satisfaction of the the um, voters, its citizens. And I remember saying we need something like that here in the U.S. You know, when people are not performing up to par, they need to be outed and replaced with people who are we deem capable. And if they fall short, the same thing should happen. So you thought his hair looked like he has been electrocuted then. It's worse now. He looks like he's grasping at straws all over the place. Um, should I be worried about him? I don't know. But I think things started going downhill for Johnson when he had that um, party, Downing Street party, in the midst of the COVID, right? That's when people's eyes really opened up and started to pay more attention to him. And that's when the world paid, you know, started to focus on him even more. Let's see if he's able to come out unscathed or if it's really his time to go. But with them dropping like flies, hmm, not sure how that's going to play out for them over there. But let me continue. Um, critics, including former top foreign office official Simon MacDonald, accused Johnson's office of lying about not being aware of the Pincher's misconduct. Pincher had resigned on June 30 as deputy chief whip of the Conservative Party 
amid complaints that he had allegedly groped two men at a private club. That triggered a series of reports about past allegations leveled against Pincho and questions about why Johnson promoted him to a senior job enforcing party discipline. On Wednesday, Minister of Children and Families Will Quince also resigned from the cabinet, saying he was going after being given an inaccurate briefing over Johnson's appointment of a politician who was the subject of complaints. The resignations come after months of scandals and missteps, including a damning report about parties that broke strict COVID-19 lockdowns and the resignation of Conservative MP Neil Parrish after he was caught watching pornography on his mobile phone in the House of Commons. Johnson has also come under fire for not doing enough to tackle a cost-of-living crisis. With many Britons struggling to cope with rising fuel and food prices, economists say the country is now heading for a sharp slowdown or possibly a recession. But it seems as though everything is centered around sex. Sexual misconduct. Are they sex depraved? Are these people now, you know, what being married doesn't mean anything because there are a lot of married people who haven't even seen their wives naked in months. So let me leave that out of the equation. But they seem a little depraved and a little on the lustful side for lack of something. I don't know. But um, could it be that Boris felt it was okay because he was taking a page out of Donald Trump's book where it's okay? You still put people in regardless of allegations and complaints. You still put them in positions of power, making everybody know that, hey, you can do what you want to and still excel. Don't worry. Probably he was trying that, but it's not working out for him. It's not as favorable. But how can you be in the House of Commons and watching porn on your phone? That's just ludicrous to me. Focus on the tasks at hand. Get your job done. Leave that for when you're on your private time. Go right ahead. Because a lot of these MPs, they, um, they spend a lot of time. They spend a lot of time working. always in Parliament or their meetings and... Um, press press conferences and stuff like that. So I don't think they get time to do all that good stuff. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so when they get some little time in the House of Commons, they just sneak on the phone and do their thing in it. But um, I, I think the only the only way Boris will the only way his party will still apply is if all his team members start dropping out. But if that doesn't happen, I think. You still say because, I mean, starting from starting from university days, he's, he's done so much. He's done a lot of efforts. Don't use that word, but he's survived every single thing. He's done so much wrong, and he's always been saved. He's like he's like he's got like um, a, a protective bubble around him. Yeah. So I think the only way the only way is his party will fall if everyone just. Okay, we're losing you there, Teflon. We're losing Yeah, go right ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I said, yeah, the only reason why, so the only way you can lose this party is if everyone um, drops out one by one, because obviously you need all the MPs to form that party. Right. But, uh, but if that doesn't happen, 
I reckon even if there's still another election, I wouldn't be surprised if there was still votes to keep him in because they don't trust anyone. And by at least with Boris, you know what you're getting. So, um, yeah, that's my, that's my take on it. Okay. Thank you so much, Teflon. Appreciate your input. Thank you. Sometimes in life they say, you know, you don't want to jump out of the frying pan and jump into the fire. and Or you take the lesser of two evils. And they also say, you know, it's better the evil you know than the evil you don't know. So I get it. Russia criticism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, the opposition leader, the, the, Labour, the Labour leader, I think it's Keir Starmer. He's not, he's not, he hasn't got much experience and people haven't got a lot of confidence in him. So I don't think they'll try to bring Labour into power. They'll just, they'll probably just keep conservative because that's what they, that's what they used to, um, right yeah all right thank you so much russia criticizes unilateral leak of putin macron call sergey lavrov russia's foreign minister has criticized france for the publication of a call between the presidents of the two countries that took place days before the start of the war in ukraine broadcast to france too released in a documentary that aired last week the details of the confidential call on February 20 between French President Emmanuel Macron and his Russian counterpart, Vladimir Putin. In the exchange, which finds Putin preparing for an ice hockey game, the Russian leader describes the 2014 maiden protests that brought pro-Western leaders to power in Ukraine as a bloody coup. He also accuses Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky of refusing to engage in dialogue with pro-Russian separatists in Ukraine's east. People were burned alive. It was a bloodbath, Putin says, claiming that Zelensky is lying to Macron. At one point, Macron is visibly irritated and tells Putin in a slightly raised voice, I don't know where your lawyer learned law, as he criticizes Russian views. Despite the differences, Putin in principle agrees to a meeting with United States President Joe Biden in Geneva, which never materialized as Russia sent its troops into Ukraine four days later. Commenting on the broadcasting of the conversation, Lavrov said on Wednesday, diplomatic etiquette does not provide for unilateral leaks of such recordings. He added that Russia has nothing to be ashamed of. We, in principle, lead negotiations in such a way that we never have anything to be ashamed of. We always say what we think and we are ready to answer for these words and explain our position, he said during a trip to Vietnam. The documentary also offers scenes rarely seen in public, including Macron holding a meeting in his bunker under the LC Palace and working with his team in the presidential plane. It also highlights European leaders' coordination to support Ukraine and impose unprecedented sanctions on Russia and follows Macron with German Chancellor Olaf Scholz and Italian Prime Minister Mario Draghi in a train on their way to Ukraine's capital, Kiev, in June where they pledged arms and backed Ukraine's candidacy to join the European Union. China slams NASA claim it may take over the moon. China has criticized warnings from the chief of NASA that claimed Beijing may take over the moon as part of a military space program. Zhao Lijian, the Chinese foreign ministry spokesman, told reporters on Monday that China firmly opposed NASA Administrator Bill Nelson's irresponsible remarks. Nelson, who heads the United States Space Agency, 
had told the German newspaper Bild in an interview published on Saturday that he was worried about China's space ambitions. We must be very concerned that China is landing on the moon and saying, it's ours now and you stay out, he said, referring to Beijing's moon exploration plans. China, which has stepped up the pace of its... <laughs> China, which has stepped... I'm sorry, I'm laughing because of the how ridiculous it is that we're going to be arguing over the moon, right? But let me try and hold my thoughts and keep a straight face. China, which has stepped up the, the pace of its space program in the past decade, has made exploration of the moon a focus. It made its first lunar uncrewed landing in 2013 and is planning uncrewed missions to the moon's south pole sometime this decade. It also plans to launch rockets powerful enough to send astronauts to the moon towards the end of this decade and also has its sights set on a Mars sample return mission around 2030. It is also working on a three-module space station called Tiangong, which will rival the International Space Station, from which it is barred as U.S. law bans NASA from sharing data with China. Nelson said China's space program was a military one and claimed that it had stolen ideas and technology from others. When Bill asked what military purposes China may pursue in space, he replied, well, what do you think is happening on the Chinese space station? They're learning how to destroy other people's satellites. <laughs> Sorry, I find this one hilarious. <sighs> Can we get it together on Earth before we get it before we head out to space? Because we're only taking Earth problems into space. Right? And <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But um someone opened their bike. Do you want to go right ahead? Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, morning. Good morning, James. Yeah, remember we had this conversation before about you know what Donald Trump said about um, an arm of the the, the U.S. Army outer space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like it. As I said, like it, it's one of the most brilliant thing that he he said in his entire presidency. <laughs> because 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 people don't understand the power. Like right now, probably fifty percent of people in North America would rather to go hungry for like a week than to go without wi-fi that's how that's how that's how addictive it is so just imagine china knowing all of that information and they are preparing like for like not even cyber war but outer space war like knocking down satellites and and knocking out um gps knocking out um wi-fi connection can you imagine the chaos that would go on you know, <laughs> down here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, was, it wasn't... It, some people thought it was crazy. Like, people were like, why is Donald Trump talking about outer space when, you know, like, you want to bring war up there, but it's already there. You know, the war is already there. So, yeah, it, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> Listen, Orange Man, a little crazy, but not so crazy, right? <laughs> He did say some things that, you know, make that made us raise our eyebrows. I'm like, okay, is he reaching? But the truth is he really wasn't on a few things. Yes, you know, I think what has overshadowed him is his personal life, his behavior. 
the, the poor decisions in terms of um, putting people in positions of power who have no business being in those positions, but all very strategic for him, right, and for the Republican Party. But, um, yeah, you know something? Technology is good and technology is bad, James, right? Um, we have become so dependent on technology. But there are times when I have no problem disconnecting I understand people use it. It's heavily used for business and, you know, relations and trade. I get that. But you also have a huge group of people who rely on it for self-worth and validation, you know, because that's the only way they feel as though they're somebody. So I understand people going to go crazy. Um, people like me who have no problem living like a hermit, <laughs> if I need to, doesn't bother yeah, but me. Yeah, but the reality is though, like losing your phone nowadays is like because like even me, like sometimes I like if my phone gets knocked out, mm -hmm. I have to switch phone for whatever reason. Like I don't back up everything. Yeah. Like the amount of stuff that's on my phone, my entire accounting system is on my phone, my business security system, work security system, every single thing. A phone is not a phone anymore. It's a computer in your hand. You know, like it's it's like I know people like someone lost their they someone um got their car stolen with their phone in it and the person was saying you know what bring back the phone you keep can't the keep the car <laughs> <laughs> you know that's how powerful it is well guess what you're you're absolutely right james because people are taking out their cell phones and leaving their children in the car go figure yeah those were our stories from the international scene. When we return from the music break, we will have stories out of North America. For now, here's a little bit more music from Destiny's Child or hashtag WCWRT for today, Woman Crush Wednesday. Happy Hump Day, everyone. Uh -huh. This is the remix. Radios play this remix. This is the remix. The
To all our listeners, logged on to QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me, and you're listening to Coffee in Tow, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at MeMediaMoments, that's M-I, Media Moments on Instagram, Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media. And subscribe, subscribe, excuse me, to the YouTube channel, Moments with Me Media. Like, share, comment, and click on that notification bell. Today's hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday. We're playing the songs of Destiny's Child. Some you know, some you may not be so familiar with. I'm getting a couple messages in the back channel. Um, for those of you who have shared the room, because some people are saying they're not able to see the room on Clubhouse, could you please do me a favor and just share the room for me? Um, unfortunately, I'm not able to ping the people who are reaching out to me because either we don't follow each other, I'm not quite sure how that works. But um, if you could share the room for me so that the people can see it in the hallway because some people are saying they can't find it. I would greatly appreciate that. Thank you so much, Clubhouse. Coming up right after this, it's our stories out of North America. Stay tuned.
And now it's time for stories out of North America. And we're starting off with the Highland Park shooting. The Highland Park suspected shooter planned attack weeks ahead, dressed as female and left online tributes to other mass shootings. Mm, anything weird here? Not really. Robert Bobby E. Cremo III is the authority's prime suspect for the Highland Park mass shooting that left seven dead and dozens injured. Authorities believe Crimo pre-planned for several weeks. They are working to see if there was a motive. Investigators have been in discussions with him. Don't have anything to say about motivation thus far because it hasn't been provided. That's according to Lake County Major Crime Task Force spokesman Christopher Covelli when he spoke with the media. The suspect used a legally purchased weapon that he wrapped in a red blanket and ditched behind a building so he could blend in with the crowd as he fled the area, CNN reported. Authorities have learned that he had purchased the weapons both locally and legally in 2020 and 2021. Police were called to his home twice in 2019 because he had threatened suicide and to kill everyone in his family. Cremo or Crimo is accused of climbing onto the roof of a business in the wealthy Chicago suburb on Monday and firing off 70 rounds from a high-powered AR-15 style rifle and then fleeing the chaos disguised as a woman. Crimo was dressed in women's clothing and investigators do believe he did this to conceal his facial tattoos and his identity. He was seen on video camera in women's clothing. It's possible he may have worn a hairpiece to complete his disguise. A wig is not out of the question. The, di the disguise was likely designed to make it appear almost as if he was an innocent spectator himself. He wore that in an attempt to conceal himself. When he was eventually detained hours later, authorities retrieved another rifle from his car and three firearms. He was taken into custody without incident. The suspect, who is also an amateur rapper who goes by the name Awake, left behind a long trail of tributes to mass shootings and public killings on social media platforms, according to the numerous profiles that appear to belong to him. His recent music videos included depictions of mass murder, NBC News reported. His latest video on YouTube shows him in the aftermath of a school shooting and ends with Crimo draping himself in an American flag. He also had two videos on his website about former President Donald Trump. One video posted to his YouTube page on January 2, 2021, appears to show him with protesters cheering for Trump's presidential motorcade outside an airport. In another, Crimo is seen draped in a Trump flag in June 27, 2021. The post is captioned on Twitter with only the word spam. Crimo was charged Tuesday with seven counts of first-degree murder. I've noticed that a quite a few people who carry out um, heinous acts, heinous crimes, they all seem to affiliate themselves with Trump. Why? Why? Is it that they are just arbitrarily doing that? Or is it that they dissect and hang on to every word he has said in the past? 
but we have seen this a lot. Go right ahead. Number one, it's because Trump has opened up the rhetoric for people to be more outspoken because racism has been hidden under a rock with air quotes for right. years. But since he started opening his mouth, everybody else also feels they can open their mouth now because nothing has happened to Trump. And I also want to say that if this person can go as far as to dress himself as a woman in order to get away, I hope that they don't say that it's some mental health because he was smart enough to put on a disguise so he can get away. Javette, what do you think they're going to say? That's the, that's the go-to card. That is the Trump card of all time. And it always is used by the white folks. You commit the heinous crack, cry mental illness. It's always the go-to. And they always buy it. Oh, yes. And then somebody is going to come up and say, yes, you know, it's true. And this is the reason why. And give a long list of reasons, a laundry list of reasons. You, you know, back in the day, how they would prove premeditated. Yes. That's premeditated. It is. So let's see how this court case goes. I guarantee you, Javette, it is going to come out that he suffers from mental illness. That's always the case. Always the case. And that in an effort to spare him the death penalty or to minimize his sentence, I don't know. I still don't understand why we need AR-15s. Okay, you want to have everybody have guns, that's fine. But why do we need AR-15s? Who are we at war with? <laughs> Who are we at war with? We're, we're, we're here as the song that I played yesterday from Black Eyed Peas, Where is the Love? While we're busy dabbling in every other country around the world's business, we have a war right here on our own turf that we can't seem to get a grip on. We can't figure it out. Marlon said something yesterday right here in Coffee and told that something's up with these young people. What it is, we don't know. Something is off. Is it the food? Is it the water? What is it? I'm sure it's the food and the water. Must be. So why is it not affecting us then? Because <laughs> we have our Caribbean... Um... <laughs> Let me shut up. <laughs> what is it that is causing us to want to get to this point where we think it's okay to go into supermarkets, going to churches, going to go into schools, go into clubs, go to um, outdoor events, just anywhere. What is it? When, is, when are our leaders at all levels from state to federal, 
when are they gonna you know come up with something that will work because this AR thing ain't working and what I, I, I say this all the time how can you allow a young person because he acquired these guns um, they said back in 2020 and 2021 so how was he allowed how are we allowing young people 18 to get these weapons but they cannot drink it makes no sense they can't drink they can't smoke well not supposed to but it's okay for them to get these weapons high-powered weapons we don't need them on the streets we really don't need them but you know why he would drape um himself with the american flag in that video that he posted up because as was highlighted yesterday this is gun country as was highlighted last week when um patriots were very upset that kroger and another store had removed um paraphernalia if you for the one of a better term from their stores that showed the american eagle with guns and the u.s flag because you know people were upset they felt it was in poor taste after what had happened in uvalde and, and up in buffalo that you would want to be selling this sort of um merchandise but clearly nobody cares as i keep saying it's just another day in the hood just another day okay you turn the news on mass shooting oh all right what's next oh okay what's next that's where we are good morning everyone good morning marlon so you say somebody report uh one of his family might report him um threaten them to kill them and commit suicide yeah police but, went there. yeah in 2019 and, yeah and didn't find any uh <laughs> They should have took the guns down. Yes. He no, Marlon, hold on. He did that in 2019, but then bought the guns in 2020 and 2021. So nobody did, did a follow-up or no... I mean, I know there's a lot of stuff going on, you know, all over the, in, in the country. A lot of... And it's probably not a priority for them to go back and check. But did he, did he do anything after that with the family? Did he threaten them after that? Or did they just didn't report it? Because they, they didn't do anything at the, f the first time. Uh, I can look up and see what we can find on that. But um, I think they mentioned on the news this morning that his father or somebody um, signed for him to get a gun. Signed some type of paperwork for him to purchase a gun. Uh, so they wasn't that afraid of him. <laughs> but, listen, <laughs> but listen to this. But listen to this. I just jumped on CNN, Javette and Marlon. Um, it says here, the man suspected of killing seven people and wounding dozens at the 4th of July parade in Chicago suburb. Okay, uh, doo -doo -doo -doo, let me scroll through. I just saw the headline where it said that 16 knives were removed from his home. I, oh, okay, hold on. Let me back out here and go back again. I don't know. Okay, so police removed 16 knives, a dagger, and a sword. From the suspect's home in 2019 so that was removed in 2019 marlon 
The knives were returned after his father said they were his. Okay. But at the end of the day, too, if you really look at the pattern for everybody, it's always a sign somewhere. They put a warning out there for years. They've been putting the, the, the warning or they've been saying stuff for doing stuff. They're just waiting for the time to do it. I understand the cops are overwhelmed and they have a lot of stuff to do on different other crimes. But then they need to do something. They have to do something. Because once you see the sign, I don't know, do a follow-up check, something. I don't know what they're going to do or monetize their social media. Cause all of these people, they post stuff on their social media. They put stuff out there. So, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. They need to do something. And the parents, as I said, I blame the parents. I don't give a crap who it is. I blame the parents because the parents got a lot to do with their kids doing these stupid things. Let I blame Parents. Marlon, so let me read another piece here. Over the okay, so the knives confiscated by Highland Park Police were returned the same day after Crimo's father claimed they were his, the state police said. Over the next two years, Crimo legally purchased five firearms, according to Covelli, including rifles, rifles, sorry, a pistol, and possibly a shotgun. State police confirmed Tuesday that Crimo passed four background checks between June 2020 and September 2021 when purchasing firearms, which including which included checks of the Federal National Instant Criminal Background Check System. To buy firearms in Illinois, people need a firearm owner's identification card, otherwise called an FOID. Crimo was under 21. So, here it is. He was sponsored by his father, Javette, as you said, state police said. Crimo's application was not denied because there was insufficient basis to establish a clear and a present danger at the time. The only criminal offense included in Crimo's criminal history was a January 2016 ordinance violation for possession of tobacco, which occurred when he was a juvenile. Yeah. So if I know my son is, can we? If you live with your child, you know you know your child is off. You know, your, some of us know our child have just don't think right. Why would I go sign for my child to get a gun? Because you know, we know. Well, let me let me not assume. But majority of us should know our kids. Everyone is different, and we know, like you know what. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give my son a knife because, I don't know, so, so something is off with him. I wouldn't buy him a gun. We know that. Why would I go sign for a gun? The parents, the, the parents need to be held some, accountable. Yeah, they, 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 I, I believe that because it's, it's. They did all the dirty work for help him. Not, not yeah. did it, but they helped him because they know what their son is capable of. And they might not might have done it then, but they know he has that you know in his head or the thoughts or or he threatening you before with knives, and you're gonna end up getting him a gun. Gun? Where did he get the money from? The father, I, clearly. And those guns are very expensive. I, I know they might have their money, but it's just like the one in, uh, um, in Texas. 
where did he get the money if he didn't have a job? You know, hey. But Marlon, remember, remember yesterday when you said um, parents need to know how to tell their children no? Well, here's a perfect example. Even though he threatened the family and threatened to commit suicide, they still, the father still turned around and sponsored him being able to get all the ammunition. Look at what they've given him. He was able to legally purchase five firearms. Five. Even though, now imagine, you know your son has this issue, has threatened the family, threatened to kill other people. You just brush it to the side and say, oh, come, let's go. You want to go? No, no problem. Come, let's go. Instead of saying no, can't tell our children no for fear of what? They won't like you? Oh, well, get over it. Parents need, the father needs to be held accountable because he is what you call an accomplice to murder? Yeah. And then he passed the background checks. Okay. Application not denied because there was insufficient basis to establish a clear and present danger. If you are called out, if the police is called out to a home because a child is making threats, shouldn't that be somewhere in the system as a hell of a red flag? That even if the father is the one sponsoring the child, it pops up, red flag, nope. But then the father may just turn around and buy them for himself and say they're his. So (laughs) they're going to get the child what the child wants regardless. Can I ask a question? Moment. Yes, Dr. Daphne, go ahead. Moment. I want to hi everyone. The thing about some white schools and some of these people, they don't put the stuff for stuff and in their record because they know it's going to ruin them later. So even from this young age, you're, bre- you're, you're breaking up, Doctor Daphne. You're breaking up. You're in the matrix. You're in the matrix. In the school. Dr. Daphne, can you hear us? Can you hear me? Because you're breaking up really bad. You may have to uh, mute and then try again. Okay, is that, can you hear yes, me now? Yes, much better. Go okay, right I'm ahead. sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying that they don't put, in the white community, they don't put those kind of stuff in their, student, in their kids' record. Because they understand if something ever to happen, they could go as far back as childhood to create a persona of violent or criminality. They don't do that. See, this is why it's very important. As black parents, you want to make sure whatever is written about your child from school age, you got to challenge it. Because that's where to go back. So they would not put something like that on their record. No, it wouldn't be anywhere. Mm. Okay, makes sense. They're going to protect them however they can. Good morning. Good morning, morning Andel. Go right ahead. Dr. Daphne is right. See, if you look at back in the days how police, um, police the white community, they would catch the kids in the act of doing something. 
And they'll call the parents to come get the kids rather than taking them to, to jail and arresting them and giving them a case, all that stuff. And it still happens today. My wife has a friend whose son is <laughs> bad. The kid is, when I say bad, the kid is bad, always in trouble, but he hasn't had a record. Because the family is prominent. You know, their, their grandfather was a former president of the United States. So every time the kid is in trouble, the cops just bring him home. There's no record for him. And that's what happened in white communities. They don't give them record. The moment you come to a black community, no matter what it is, they give you a case number. That has you in their system forever. And that's what happened. Because Dr. Alpha is correct when she says that. They don't have records. So they're protected and we're not. Wow. Wow. They need to, that, that scale that is used in the law to represent law, they need to tip it a little bit. You know, don't have it even because that's not true. It's one law for you and another law for me. Justice is not blind after all. Hmm. It is not. It is not. How unfair it is that because your parents have money or because of the color of your skin, you are afforded a clean slate. And guess what? Where it ends you up now. It's only a matter of time. You end up behind bars. because, But unfortunately, you end up killing people. You end up killing people. So then the law needs to really take a look at itself and those who are standing behind it and using it as a shield to do all manner of illicit and evil things. And we should be holding them responsible too, not just the parents, but hold those who decide to brush it aside and ignore it all because we have um, evening dinners together or we play together on the golf course. We do a couple of rounds or we're at the same polo club or we go on vacations together in Switzerland. A lot of people make affiliations for benefits. I ain't got time for that. There are a lot of people who associate with people because of the benefits, not because they genuinely like the person, but because they look at them as a meal ticket. They look at them as that get out of jail free card. They look at them as an opportunity. What's that card that you use in Uno when you're playing Uno? Yeah. That's how people look at people. People sit and calculate. And that's why <laughs> I have acquaintances. Very few friends. Very few. Because people are not genuine. So his parents probably kept people in their back pockets to stave off any Thing happening to their son but well guess what the cards ran out you have no more cards to save you now stop it 
we really need to stop. You know that's how some community end up with serial killers, serial rapists, because their community is covering for them. You know, it's like, how do you not see somebody? They have a home where you hear and drilling. No one thinks to call or anything. They do all kinds of stuff in this type of neighborhood because white doesn't seem to be dangerous. But the minute you of any color type show up in the neighborhood, everybody's calling the chief and they're following you everywhere where they're the one that should be worried. Like you losing your own daughter, losing your own son, school shooting. Those are your children, not just ours. And nothing is being done, but you worry about um, population decrease. Yeah, get your own people to stop shooting down your children. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And those of us who are doing favors for people, we need to take back and do a check. Really sit down and think about why you allow people in your space. It's your space. If you notice that a person only calls you when they need a favor, think twice about that person. Especially if it's always a situation to get you, get them out of a bind. Always needing a favor. And then think about those people around you who are willing to hurry up and give you some hush money to do something for them. Think about that too. We have the cases of those parents who paid for their children to get into colleges for the SAT scores. All good things do come to an end at some point. Uh, this one case, they're just trying to make up because they were rich. You know how many people that do at, at my level right down the street that I teach? That's an ongoing thing. That, that to me is, <laughs> that was just a, 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 a show just to prove that they're actually doing something. No, they're not. They wanted to put the people, and they put the mother on blast, not even, you know, whatever. But Dr. Daphne, are we doing our children any good by doing that for them? Well, no. no. You, this is, listen. This is bigger than that. That whole community that doesn't look like us use the law. They know all the loophole. They know everything to do to make sure their generation. I'm getting the red bottom if you go yes, hear me. Yes, yes, you're breaking up. You're breaking up. Okay. But I think Dr. Daphne was alluding to they know the ins and outs of the system. And they use it to their advantage. Yeah, so it's not just as the incident. I find it funny. They picked the woman. If you notice, it was the mother more so that was on the news. They very rarely talk about the father as if he wasn't even there. Right? At least the young people took responsibility and did their own. But that is part of a bigger puzzle. They do that a lot. They, where I teach at, the county is predominantly white the number game is ridiculous. No one call out, no one complain. Even though the teachers know it's wrong. Mm -hmm. The white teachers mm -hmm. know it's wrong. 
Mm-hmm. They only get angry when other, not angry when black folks take advantage of that, then they up and roar. But everything else is okay. Yeah. They, they do retake. I mean, it's, it's a bigger, it's everything about from education to college to business to community. They do what it takes to cover and make sure that wealth continued. That's at the end of the day, the bottom line. It's always bottom line money. How do we keep our money and make sure the next generation, whether they're bright or not, mm-hmm. don't waste it? Mm-hmm. That's all that is. Mm-hmm. And we over here want to be like, oh, you hire me because you're black. I'm not getting nobody coming here because I'm black. I'm not a black token. You sound foolish. Some of these people. <laughs> the January 1966 letter from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in which he speaks openly about the N-word and the term dark-skinned American is now being listed for sale. In the letter, Dr. King was corresponding with a man named William A. Bennett, addressing points seemingly made in a prior exchange about racial appellations. King tells Bennett he frequently used the term dark-skinned American because it reflected both our great heritage and our devotion to a brand of Americanism of the highest order. Naturally, MLK also had his opinions regarding the N-word. He claims it carries with it a meaning deeply rooted in the debilitating racist caste ordering of our society's slavery epoch and segregation era. Until recently, the historical artifact was held in a private collection, and now it's up for sale on the Moments in Time site for $95,000. I think y'all know by now I don't care for the n-word um, I think it's degrading and here it is yeah it's deeply rooted in racism and debilitating that was used to make um, us people of color feel less than inferior than and thus resulted in our being treated as such I don't know how people embrace it but hey I don't, I don't understand the American culture in that regard. I, I don't understand the American culture where that is concerned. Um, am I blind or deaf to the word? No. I hear it in songs. Do I stop listening to a song because it's in there? No. I will, you will just not hear me singing that part of the song. I'm going to shut my mouth. Um, I also have um, my own outlook, and I know I've said this before, and I always... But nobody seems to be able to answer the question. Who determined that a particular group of people should be called black? And here's why I'm asking. So I'm looking in the Bible. I don't see where anybody is called black. I see Jews, I see Gentiles, I see Asians, I see Ethiopians, um, and they speak of nationalities, not the Get color of one's, not the not the color of someone's skin. So I'm interested in knowing who came up with the word "black" for a group of people. That's that's, and nobody seems to be able to answer that for me. Was it that we chose the name for ourselves or was that name given to us just as the N-word? I don't know. It was given to us by the Romans. Ah, and we embrace it, right? Because, And here's the thing, because 
Somebody got offended when I said I'm Jamaican. In Jamaica, that's how we knew each other as Jamaicans. I look at somebody from Trinidad as a Trinidadian. I look at somebody from Mexico as a Mexican. It, and yeah, if, but you, if you want to, hold on one second, Dr. Dow. If you want to call me naive and foolish, that's okay. I'll embrace that. But it wasn't until coming here to work in 2000, right? When, okay, I remember my, my dad said, you need to make up your mind. Either, you know, you need to go get your citizenship. So go work because you've been a resident all your life. Go work. And go work there, get your citizenship, and then do whatever the heck you want to do after that. And I remember my first job application, and I had to look at this brother, what are you? I'm like, what am I? And I'm not going to lie, I literally wrote Jamaican on the line. When they, when they put other, I put Jamaican, because that's what I knew myself as. So, go right ahead, Dr. Daphne. I have similar stories, too, with you. Um, when I came to New York, my mom, we went to school in upstate New York. She didn't know what that meant either. She put Haitian in wherever. Still this day, to be honest, when I, I, I don't necessarily put um, black as I didn't understand. Even though I knew where it came from, it's only in this country, I think, America, that the application have the word black in it. And this is the reason why when the other folks come from other countries or an African descent, pick white except for the Hispanic because they don't understand what the word black is. It's been an old age trigger point for me as well because I'm, I'm black is a color. It's not a race. It's not a nationality. I have this conversation with my students on a regular too. It's like, where are you? I'm Haitian. I still describe myself as such. I'm not African. I'm not American. You you know, you black. The, you know, I still don't choose that. But understanding statistic now, mm -hmm. understanding the money from the government goes with your community based on the numbers according to the census. So now because I understand these things, I had to put my own perception aside and choose black because we need money, tax dollars to go in our community based on our numbers. So that's why I'm with it now. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for that, um, Dr. Daphne. James, thank you for the explanation. I wasn't aware because I've been trying to get an answer. Nobody seems to be able to answer me. And then what has happened, what I've found happening to me is when I tell people, okay, I'm Jamaican. Oh, so you think you're better than us? No, I am not. Because, you know, they think Jamaicans or people from the Caribbean think they're better than everybody else here. And I don't think we are. Well, I don't think we behave that way. Then again, I may be in my own little bubble and underexposed. But um, I cringe because I felt and I always felt that it was a word that was given to our race to again suppress us. Because I remember watching, um, I don't know if you want to call it a documentary, but I remember watching something on um, TV with a little white girl and a little black girl. And the white girl was asked, you know, she was given some dolls. I don't know if any of you saw it. And which doll would be the bad doll? And she picked up the, yeah. the doll. They did that in the court system yeah. back in the day. Right. Which 
which doll would be the bad doll. And the bad doll, the little girl act, went for the, the, the black doll. That's the bad doll. Because black is looked at as evil, as um, bad, as everything wrong. And that is why I'm wondering, why do we embrace it as a race of people when it was used deliberately to put us in a bad and negative light? Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning, Chief. You know, I think uh, we have to put it into, first of all, we have to remember America is the youngest nation. And it doesn't hold the record for, you know, historical evidence. But we have to go way back before, I mean, into antiquity to really understand this, especially from a geographic standpoint. Right? Most people who were coming into the civilizations of Africa and witnessing the greatness and the grandeur of Africa, particularly Ethiopia, Kemet, Kush, Sudan, the, the, when they saw those, those people in those lands, they termed them black lands, right? Or black soil, like for, for example, Kemet in, in uh, ancient Egyptian meant black soil or, or fertile, fertile soil, right? So we, it, it, has a, it has an origin. It's just that origin became a, a source of denigration uh, later, you know, but he, the, whoever controls your language controls your circumference of thinking, right? And right. so we're, subjugate, we're subjugate, subjugated to uh, a very new language, you know, that's not that old. I mean, the English alphabet isn't even, it wasn't even complete in the 1600s, you know? So when we look at, when we look at this culture and this, or their culture, that definitive culture, we can't, we can't, we can't put any, any degrees on it, right? Because it's primitive. It's, it's very young. It's not even mature, you know? So I just wanted to add that, that, that narrative to it. You know, like even in Nigeria, you'll, you'll hear people use the term for, but it's a, it's a, the term black is used as a form of reverence in traditional societies, right? Uh, even in, in Hindu culture that, you know, he talked about, uh, who is it? Krishna, Krishna being so black. He was a beautiful blue, a hue of beautiful blue. Right. So like, like they were, they honored and, and acknowledged and worshiped this, these people for their blackness, for their darkness, you know, and it was, it was always symbolic to either a flower or the richness of soil is just living here. <laughs> or, go, or coming into a culture that used race as an illusion of power to create an illusion of power. That's what we've, that's what we've become subjugated to. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Thank you so much, um, Chief, for that. Yeah. I'm Jamaican. I remember when Raven Simone came under fire because she said, I'm an American. Oh, they almost tore her to pieces. But what is she? Is she not an American? Is she not born right here in this country? Can you ask one more question? Oh, can I ask a question? Yeah, go right ahead. What, what's the origins of the name Jamaica? That's another good one. Examica, X-A-Y-M-A-C-A. That's what it was originally, they say. 
But then again, we don't know. It's indigenous, though, isn't it? It's indigenous. It is land of. Also, yeah. I think when when um Christopher Columbus came from Spain, right? A majority of some of our island is through his tour, and in from his Spanish language that he started um, naming these countries based on what he saw in terms of the land and the makeup and the crops that he was experienced in, in um, interacting with indigenous people. Was he was oh, he yeah. Spanish or wasn't he Italian? What was he? He's Italian. He's Italian. Yeah, he's Italian. But did a lot so, of his founding for the Spaniards. A lot of his right. capturing for the Spaniards. His family because they funded his trips and gave him the ships. Yeah. Yeah. So the question would be, how did we get the name Jamaica? Right. I mean, asking those things. Even in Nigeria, we're saying the same thing. Like Nigeria is not even a real country. That's something that the British gave Nigeria. Most most, most Nigerians don't even acknowledge that they will say I'm Yoruba or I'm Fulani or Hausa or whatever. Right, but Nigeria, they know that Nigeria was given to them as independence. You know, it's not, or, or, or it's just not, it's not, an, it's not an original name given to Nigeria people by Nigerian people. Okay, so I jumped on Google here, Chief. The name Jamaica is derived from Examica, the Taino Arawak name for the island, which translates as the Isle of Springs. Jamaica was charted by Christopher Columbus during his second voyage, and the first Europeans to arrive on the island were the Spanish in 1509. So who gave Jamaica its name? The original inhabitants of Jamaica are believed to be the Arawaks, also called Tainos. They came from South America 2,500 years ago and named the island Examica, which meant also land of wood and water. So... It's possible so that Examica became Jamaica because right, they right. could not pronounce Examica. Yes, yes, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Lips too thin, you can't say it right. <laughs> Here's something else. Yeah, but, but you know what happened though? Like a lot of people don't, like when you hear, um, especially in North America, when you talk about the separation of church and state. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a very powerful statement because, like, people don't realize that this world that we live in now was pretty much created by the Roman Catholics. People mm-hmm. don't understand the power of that. Like, all of the country, like, you know, like Africa itself, that every single country that was renamed and, and, and you know, America, you know, the, the Roman Catholic had a big hand in all of that. They had a big hand in, in, in slavery, you know, like, how all of those stuff played out and even even what canada is going through now what they're talking about the indigenous people and ripping away them from their culture and stuff like that mm-hmm. that's nothing new there was a period there was a period about a thousand years ago that was called like the dark ages where the roman catholic what they pretty much did was rip away um cultures um and you had to worship the way how they worship you weren't allowed to, to have a bible like if you were caught with, with any religious um, books, they, they, they were able to take you away and kill you. And, and only the, the, the priests, you'd have to go in and sit down and listen to this one person um, speaking from a book. And you were not allowed to, to have any of those religious um, things for yourself. So, yeah, the, the, the way how hurt is shaped now 
they have a big part to do with it and that's why people are very very when it's, it's a very sensitive subject when, when people talk about church and state because the history of what the church has done like this thing with the indigenous people is is just the tip of the iceberg right in terms of what they have done with africans you know ripping away african religion african culture they they played a part in it you know so don't forget the crusaders too they whipped the, cru yeah, the crusaders the crusaders is a part the of the dark they're, ages they're the, yeah. they're the one that created the dark ages they in fact they're so proud of it now they have a <laughs> lot of historical documentary about it to see they show the damage they did especially to women and to anybody that was not christian the viking used it as an excuse to invade and, and call war. That's why the Scottish and the Island are still having the war Lord, between the Catholic Church and the Protestants. So they went to Peru and all these other people and burned their text. That's why a lot of times we don't we are so behind in terms of technology because of the damages of the Crusaders did in other people's country. They show up to call you to how you show up on the other side of the world and call people what is that word? Savages? Um, they, no no there's a word they call the non Christian people. Oh, uh, gosh. But anyway, that's what they use. You show up in my country with your big cross around your head and you burning things because I'm supposed to worship like you in the other side of the world. That is my trigger. They call them pagans. 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 Thank you. Thank but, you. But, but let me ask you, Dr. Daphne, as you're talking about the Crusaders, why is it then that we are such... <laughs> we, we have a habit of taking everything negative and trying to spin it because we're trying to make it not be as offensive to us. We take the N-word, they say, and we spin it and use it as a term of endearment amongst our own. I don't know how. Because we say it lessens the impact. Now we're take, we take crusade because I remember growing up in here, oh, the church is having a crusade or churches have crusades and that's where people come together and worship and try to win souls for Christ. Um, not knowing that it stemmed from something evil. So why is it that we are so, our race is so armored with the thought of taking everything that was meant to tear us down the words and the events and try to turn it into something good? Why, why do we do that? It's just like Black Friday. Do, um, do Black people understand the word Black Friday Black and what Friday. used to happen on Black Friday? Why are we celebrating Black Friday? Moment, since you asked, oh, sorry. You can go ahead, Doctor Daphne. Yeah, since you asked me to to be given grace to our people, is a lack of understanding their history. Don't forget, many of us ancestors in this side when we left Africa, even when the Europeans start getting into Africa. They stripped away your knowledge of who you originally were. You have to replace it with something. If we take away these things, what do we replace it with? Because we haven't seen a model like the way we have when we were living like king, queen, prince, and princesses. Our language were above and beyond their, that of which we're exposed to. It, it, it's ingrained, it become part of your DNA and part of your coding. It is not on purpose. Don't forget, we get our information, third party information. When is the last time we have our own people, the original black folks educating you? How would you know what you sounded like, what you look like, what you stand for, your custom? For me, I'm going to share something personal. It took me a minute 
to get under the thumb of what the Christian, the Catholic that I learned for me to embrace the different way my people worship the creator. It is something that I'm still struggling because it's so ingrained in you. They do it through pictures, through stories, not to the media, not to the music. It's it's every single way. If you understand psychology or marketing, you you get caught up in it in something where you didn't even know where that you were caught up in it. To give grace to our people is they just catching up straws to find way to explain what's going on with them because that's all we know per se. Right. Without having the self-actualization and the awareness to say, mm, why am I talking to a guy about what's going on with me as a sin? He's not he's a guy. My father always taught me that. But yet it took me till adulthood to challenge the training. And it's a mental struggle to fight and plant new new information and, and, uh, and believe the new information. Because you're still trying to compare the new inf- information to the old, right. which was planted. It's just a war. It's just, what do you replace it with? We're ingrained in this side of the world with yeah, that kind yeah. of training. Wow. We could go on and on and on and on about this. I'm going to take one more comment and then definitely have to keep it moving. Go right ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I was going to say, like, what you have to realize is that um, the world, as we know it, is still controlled by Europeans. They still control our every... We're, we're like robots. Yeah. Like, so everything, they, they're, they're still in control of pretty much everything. Like, even as, as someone that professes to be a Christian myself, like, every year, every, you know, the more educated I get, the more I, I, I take stuff off and say, nope, not doing this again. Yeah. Like, the idea, like, of, of winning souls, what does that mean? How do you win souls? You know, how do you save, you know, just some of those terminology. Yeah. That we grow up being accustomed to, and now you look deep into it, it just seems offensive. Like winning souls, like you, what does that mean? You know, and and the fact that a lot of the stuff that that we know today, like it's still control. Like they 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 pick our eras. They're the one that pick um, Nelson Mandela. They're the one that pick um, Dr. King, and and they pick them for good reason because those guys are you know turn the other cheek type of guys. They did not pick. They did not pick Haley Selassie because Haley Selassie is, is a warrior. They did not pick Marcus Garvey because Marcus Garvey is a warrior. They did not pick Malcolm X because Malcolm X is a warrior. They did not pick Farrakhan. They pick all the. Just notice all of the the black, you know, people that they they, they chose are people that are not fight back. They're not wow. rebellious. They're like turn the other cheek. You know, yeah. you tell me to get off the bus and and whatever. Like I'm not gonna jump up and spit in your face and tell you about your mother and stuff like that. I'm just going <laughs> to sit here because I'm a lady. And, you know, uh, right. like nanny, nanny would not be in their thing because nanny, nanny would have fight them and, and tell them about their mother and stuff like that. You know, like, you know, for a man to go to prison for 20 something years and come out and say, we need to love each other. That's what they love about um, oh. us. The, the ability to, to forgive the most heinous crime. But for like a Louis Farrakhan and, and stuff like that who said, nope, like you, you juke out my left eye, I'm going to juke out your right eye. <laughs> nope. They're not going to, they're not going to, they don't want those heroes. And that's why they gave us, um, you know, Dr. King and, and, and Nelson Mandela. I like that perspective, James. I never thought about it that way, quite frankly. But now that you've broken that down in terms of who the people who are lifted up and exalted versus those who are 
suppressed. You are absolutely right. They gave them to us. They marketed them. They packaged them and marketed them properly to, you know. And you are absolutely right. The, the, the um, Farrakhans and the um, Nannies and the Marcus Garveys, they, they abided by the Old Testament. You think about that too. When you also, and then when you think about um, Nelson Mandela and Martin Luther King, New Testament, right? Interesting. And as I said, we could go on and on, but unfortunately, I do have to keep it moving. Thank you, everyone, for your input in that stimulating conversation. Graham Giuliani, among Trump allies, subpoenaed in Georgia probe. Several allies and members of former U.S. President Donald Trump's legal team, including Senator Lindsey Graham and former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani, have been subpoenaed to testify before a special grand jury in the state of Georgia. The subpoenas were approved by a judge overseeing the jury on Tuesday. Fulton County District Attorney Fanny Willis sought the subpoenas as part of an investigation into what she called a multi-state coordinated plan by the Trump campaign to influence the results of the November 2020 election in Georgia and elsewhere, according to court documents. Willis also filed petitions for several other figures to appear to testify, including lawyers Kenneth Cheesebro, Cleta Mitchell, Jenna Ellis, and John Eastman. All were approved. The special grand jury selected in May has been investigating the efforts of Trump and his allies to hold on to power after the former president lost the 2020 election to his Democratic rival, Joe Biden. Trump continues to insist that the election was stolen, despite the fact that numerous federal and local officials, a long list of courts, top former campaign staff, and even Trump's own attorney general have all said there is no evidence of the fraud he alleges. The subpoenas for some of Trump's closest allies and advisors mark a significant escalation in a case that could pose a serious legal challenge to the former president as he weighs another White House run. It means the investigation is obviously becoming more intense because those are trusted advisors. Those are inner circle people, said Robert James, a former district attorney in DeKalb County, which neighbors Fulton. And those are our stories out of North America. Coming up after the break, we have business and tech and health and science news. Here's some more from Beyonce and friends. I'm just kidding. Destiny's child. As we honor hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday. Eight. One. B-Day.
time Stop smiling at me, get that look off your face Please don't even throw stop being so fake I know you do not like me, yeah, you made it very clear You're always talking about me, from what I hear Always put me down when you thought that you could I want you to know that I'm doing so good Wasn't it you that said, thought I was all that in you Said I didn't have a clue Wasn't it you that said, that I wouldn't make it through Thank you to all our listeners logged on to QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. 
I'm Moments with me, and you're listening to Coffee and Toll World News on the Go every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments, on Instagram Moments with Me Media, and subscribe to the YouTube channel Moments with Me Media. Like, share, comment, and click on that notification bell. It is hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday and we're listening to the songs of Destiny's Child. And we'll be right back with business and tech news after this song. Now it's time for business and tech news. Shell buys stake in Qatari gas field expansion project. Oil and gas company Shell has joined Qatar Energy's $29 billion project to expand production at the world's biggest natural gas field, becoming the fifth and final international partner. The United Kingdom-based company took a 6.25% stake for an undisclosed sum joining Total Energies, Eni, ConocoPhillips, and ExxonMobil in the Northfield East project. The Northfield expansion is the biggest liquefied natural gas LNG project ever seen, Qatar Energy said. It comes at a time of intense geopolitical tensions over energy supplies as the ongoing war in Ukraine pushed European countries to stop using Russian resources. The expansion is predicted to increase Qatar's LNG production from the current 77 million tons a year to 110 million tons by 2027. As one of the largest players in the LNG business, Shell has a lot to bring to help meet global energy demand and security, said Qatar's energy minister, Saad Sharida Al-Kabi, who is also the Qatar energy president and CEO. Qatar Energy estimates that the North Field, which extends under the Gulf into Iranian territory, holds about 10% of the world's known gas reserves. Europe has in the past rejected the long-term deals with Qatar for energy, but the Ukraine war has forced a change in attitude. Qatar's gas is among the cheapest to produce and has fueled an economic miracle in the small country, which boasts the world's highest gross domestic product per capita. Also to note, Qatar is expected to announce details of another expansion, the Northfield South, 
in the coming months. Who is moving to Qatar? See if we can get a piece of that pie. They are banking. Um, what is the? You know what? Let me. I'll look that up. Don't worry. I was gonna say um, the median income. Is everybody in Qatar living good, or is there a huge wage gap or a huge um economic gap there as well, where you have dirt poor and then the very wealthy and no middle class? Just wondering. Um, yeah. So Twitter, to, go ahead. Go right ahead. Yeah, no, I was saying based on what I know about some of those countries like South, like um, Dubai um, and those places, most of the people there are wealthy. Okay. They have a lot of, for that reason, they have a lot of expats, which they treat like slaves. Yeah. You know, they have a lot of people coming from. It's, I think India and, and the Philippines are two of their more, um, in terms of their workforce, especially like for low income type of jobs. Um, India and the Philippines, I think, um, control those those areas. But yeah, most of the people there are rich. Okay, Qatar is now the richest country in the world on a per per per. per I can't even say a per person basis. Okay, got it. Current GDP per capita registered a world record breaking peak growth of one thousand one hundred and fifty six percent in the seventies. Hmm. Okay. It's the third highest HDI in the Arab world. It is a high-income economy, backed by the world's third largest natural gas reserves and oil reserves. Okay. All right. Qatar. I wonder if I could live there. I don't know. I don't know. I know a lot of Jamaicans have moved to the Middle East um, and are, seem to be doing very well there. And say they will never leave. I have a friend um, that I went to school with. I don't know if I should use the word friend, but I know someone I went to school with. Um, yeah, she moved there, went there on vacation. She and her fiance never came back. They set up shop there. Yeah, I think Dubai. Dubai is the most friendly um, part of the Middle East for like, like I know a lot of Jamaicans live there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I know Jamaicans that live there that like it because they say, like, you know, their religious freedom, you know, they enjoy good religious freedom in, in Dubai. In Dubai, they, they okay. In Dubai, okay. in Dubai. They, they enjoy, they enjoy um, stuff that you would enjoy, like, in America. But to them, like, it's, it's way safer there. It's, it's, um, the, the quality of life is better there. So, yeah, I know quite a few Jamaicans live there, actually. Mm-hmm. Okay. One day I'll get there when I have the nerve to go on such a long flight. I haven't built up that nerve yet. That's why I'm not yet on the other side of the world. Um, yeah. I. And, sorry, sorry. And they just no, they ahead. just opened they just opened their first Jamaican restaurant. I think a couple months ago. Mm, that's really. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So they're there, but you can't you can't eat there though. It's expensive. I heard that oxtail <laughs> is like about $50 or something. <laughs> have to do yeah. some serious saving before you go vacationing, right? One day I'll get over there. Um, I don't know. Uh, I lived through the pictures that my parents took when they traveled. They went every damn where. I, but going around the other side of the world, it was dread. Just to go to London, how many hours is that flight? I was like, hell no, I'm not sitting on a plane for that long. I mean, I remember going from flying from Jamaica to Toronto. I was miserable. Um, Miami to Costa Rica, miserable. Miami to Aruba, miserable. I, 
to sit on a plane that long, it's annoying for me. Really is. But to Toronto, that's just four hours. That though. means you're never me then. <laughs> oh my gosh, how long is the flight, Sonette? Okay, I'm going to have to do it in pieces. I might have to stop off in Vegas and then take a flight from Vegas to LA. These long flights, I don't know. It's our way. <laughs> I'm sorry. These long flights get the best of me. I'm sorry. I am miserable and nervous. You just need more spirits. Just more spirits. <laughs> I need to be knocked out. Yeah. I remember when... You to make a group of us go with you, we'd each entertain you for a few hours. And everybody, oh, Lord. you know, you know like that's a, probably not a bad idea. Yeah, we rock you to sleep, we nurse you, we put a body <laughs> for you, we change your diaper, we read story. Be all right, keep me drunk, and I'll probably make it. Oh my gosh, I remember as a child going on a flight by myself. Um, of course, I had to sit, a flight attendant had to sit with me. Um, I went from Miami to Boston. That was the first time taking a flight because Rosola lived in Boston at the time. First time taking a flight by myself as a little child for that long. I mean, I would do flights from Miami to Montego Bay all the time, you know, because I was here more too damn much. But anyway, those, uh, I, Boston was I, a long-ass flight. Long. I think that... I think the, tr the trick is not to take one of the American airlines. Like, just take, like, an airline from out of Europe, like uh, Aer Lingus or one of those airlines. Um, Air who? So, or, or, like, a, so, a, a Saudi airline, one of those posh airlines where you can get up and run up and down. And you have the posh money, forgive me, James. You have the posh money, forgive me. You're telling me to I take remember a Marlon, posh Marlon, Marlon working on it. Marlon working on it. Don't worry. <laughs> We're going to win the lotto. But even then, because... I know when my parents were going to Australia, they went a couple of times. I do have family in Australia. And I'm like, oh, hell no. The, the land that I fly? Mm-mm. Sorry. Mm -mm. Moments. You could do alert. There's a lot of great deal to this day. It's not about money. I think it's just your mindset. You know, you, you just got to, you spoil. You were just talking about, do we accept certain things and you accept not going to see the world because of the length of the flight? Come yep. on, my queen. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know I'm worried. I know I'm worried. And Marlon would probably say I'm the reason we don't get out there more. You know? Yeah. That that Australian flight is painful, you know, because um, I've I've been to Australia twice. I heard it's pain. It takes two days to get there. And, 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 and sometimes if you if you want a cheaper flight, it could probably take like any, anything up to three days. Wow, they went direct from, let me tell you, they didn't stop in South Africa. I'm trying to remember where they went directly from. But yeah, they, they did it, the, how many hours on a plane. But she's, you know, my, my parents said, my mom said that, you know, the, the seats reclined all the way, you get your toothbrush, you, you get a whole cosmetic pouch. Um, and I think back then, that was years ago, they got their cosmetic pouch, they, you know, you're entertained. Your seat reclines flat, uh, robe, what a whole bunch of stuff. I'm like, interesting. Yeah, really interesting. I thought the flight to Nigeria that they went on was long because they did um, Ivory Coast, Nigeria, and some other countries there. I was like, hell no, it's a long ass flight. Knock me out. Um, knock me out, Dr. Daphne. Put me to sleep. Yeah, but moments, you, you need to come to London, though. You need to hurry up, come to London. 
Yeah, and I have family there too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we should expect next year then. <laughs> you probably have to drug me or get me drugged. Marlon, drag her out, man. You need to travel. <laughs> the world is your oyster. Rose Solo, can you help us out with that? We could do a trip to London because I've never been. I would love to go and get your cousin. Listen, listen, Rose Solo is not come, in the room. That's when you guys good. come, you get free tour guide. I'll, I'll, I'll take you guys everywhere, man. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Free, free, free take tour one of the red eye flights. Overnight, that's easier. Y'all really trying me. Uh, can I imagine you have all of us moment. You have Rose Solo, you have Jacques. <laughs> I'm Sadat. I'm everybody. <laughs> Oh man, you probably will lose your mind. You never want to have fun. You probably won't come back because Marlon's gonna. <laughs> Listen, Brazil is on this side of the world, and I need to make it there. Right? I haven't made it there yet. <laughs> how long is that? Is that four hours? I don't know how hours. long it is to go to, from Miami to Brazil. Um, it's probably three hours. Yeah, yeah, it can't be that long. No, it has to be because um. Miami to Brazil, non-stop, Sao Paulo, eight hours at, you got the hell, get the heck out of here, okay, the, Marlon, you're on your come, own, go on your own, it, Marlon, how I is it going. eight hours, they is said it, is it eight connect? hours, from Miami to Brazil to Sao Paulo, non-stop, eight hours and 15 wow. minutes, if yeah, I'm so going to Rio de Janeiro, it's eight hours and 20 minutes, that's crazy, that's the same, that's, that's how long it takes to get to London, <laughs> to get to London is, is nine nine to ten hours. But you know why so how, it's Teflon? So how because does that work? you're you're going um okay, Brazil to London is going north north uh what you call it, northeast. Um Miami to Brazil is dead south. So it's quite possible that it would be about right. And because of how Brazil is shaped, South America is shaped, yeah, it's a, it, it, it's possible that that could be right. Yeah. They, they manipulate the route. That's why some that of those too. places take so long. That's a yeah, fact. That's a fact. James, that James, yeah. James is always spot on, you know. Yeah, that's always a fact. Spot on. Yeah, that's, yeah a that's a real fact. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think the pilots, they, they probably do like a 360 run <laughs> around <laughs> the sky before they, <laughs> make, they, make, they make you think they, they're going in a straight line, but they're going <sighs> in circles. They're going in circles, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Marlon, you have my well wishes, my friend. I will bless you and send you on your way. Happy traveling. Yep. Mm hmm. Uh, where? Brazil? Yeah. Alone? Yeah. Alone? yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I knew you'd I say, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't send him to Brazil by himself. Why not come back? Sorry. <laughs> Go for carnival. Oh, oh, that is something I would love to um, experience in Brazil. Definitely. Don't know if I have the body for it, but I'd definitely love to experience it. That, that much I will say. <laughs> From the Caribbean, we don't care about the body. You've seen some of the people from your country when them suits stop playing. <laughs> oh my gosh! You're right. I'm gonna I'm take Teflon and his order when I come to England. So okay, don't Marlon, pack your bags and start traveling. But I'm gonna take you on your um, tour guide. Offer? Yeah, definitely. You're always welcome, family. Yes. Free tour guides. Free tour guides. Yay! <laughs> we should plan a guys trip. James, you uh, sound a little too excited. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, I got to keep it moving. How an increasingly, in the health and science news, how an, 
how an increasingly popular supplement landed a man in the hospital. A British man's overdose on vitamin D is a cautionary tale for people who are considering adding supplements to their lives. And this is according to a paper published Tuesday in the journal BMJ Case Reports. And this one I found it quite interesting because I do take vitamin D supplements. Started it in the um, pandemic, right? Because not going outside as much, we're not getting the natural sunlight as much. And of course they said it's good for warding off COVID-19. So I found this interesting and hope you all find it interesting too. After a visit with a private nutritionist, the man began taking more than 20 over-the-counter supplements every day, including 50,000 international units of vitamin D three times a day. That's a dose hundreds of times higher than standard nutritional recommendations. Within a month, the man began suffering from nausea, abdominal pain, diarrhea, and repeated bouts of vomiting, along with cramping in the legs and ringing in the ears. The man, whose name was not disclosed, heard about the supplements from a radio talk show and contacted the nutritionist on the show afterward. Uh, Registration by regulator is not compulsory for nutritionists in the UK, and their title is not protected. So... Anybody can practice as a nutritionist, Alkundi said in an email. Unlike water-soluble vitamins, which the body can easily eliminate, vitamin D and its cousins A, E, and K are stored in the liver and fat cells of the body until they are needed. Consuming well over the daily recommended dose can build up to toxic levels. The man in the case study was taking a daily dose of 150,000 IU of vitamin D, which was 375 times the recommended amount. The UK National Health Service typically recommends 400 IU of vitamin D a day for children over age one and adults. The man stopped taking the supplements when his symptoms began, but his condition did not improve. By the time he was referred to the hospital two months later, he had lost 28 pounds and his kidneys were in trouble. Tests showed he had overdosed on vitamin D, a condition called hypervitaminosis. All right, so that's the condition. The body needs vitamin D. The vitamin's main job is to help the body absorb calcium from the intestines. In fact, The body cannot absorb calcium unless vitamin D is present. I didn't know that either. The vitamin also plays a role in immune health, brain cell activity, and how muscles function. In the United States, 50 micrograms or 600 IU of vitamin D a day is recommended for adults up to 69 years old, according to the National Institutes of Health. For adults age 70 and up, the dose rises to 20 micrograms or 800 IU each day. The recommended amount for infants, children, and adolescents was recently doubled by the American Academy of Pediatrics to 10 micrograms or 400 IU per day. So the only thing I can recommend is that we, in addition to speaking to a nutritionist, if that's the route we're going to go, we also want to speak with our health care provider to make sure there is balance. 
right? Um, yeah. I would not recommend anyone go above the daily recommended dose. So I think he went over the, um, he overdid it. Let me just put it that way. He overdid it. And of course, we know the saying, anything done in excess can be harmful, even when we're taking natural things, right? Um, eating too many oranges can result in what this um, reaction a chemical reaction, urticaria, where you get, you know, you start itching and you get these little fine bumps coming up on your skin. Too much pineapple can cause you to start itching as well. So everything should be done in moderation. And your body can only use so much at a time, right? Um, yeah. So let's take care of ourselves while we're taking taking care of ourselves in sports news venus williams claps back at a reporter asking if she'd go hard on her sister serena in a match oops oh no one thing about these sisters careful what you say to them because they will clap back venus williams had to get a reporter in line who attempted to put her against her sister at wimbledon over the weekend the shady moment occurred after venus played in the mixed doubles competition alongside uh, fellow tennis star Jamie Murray on Saturday. The two faced off with Michael Venus and Alicia Rosolska, winning their first round match against the duo. Following their first victory, Venus and Jamie spoke to reporters during a press conference. One reporter overstepped his boundaries by asking Venus and Jamie if they were in it to win it, if they had to compete against their famous siblings in the next round. Jamie's brother is the famed tennis star Andy Murray. Both Jamie and Venus seemed confused by the correspondent's question, but Venus quickly brushed it off. That did not stop him from continuing to pry. Are you in it for the experience or are you going to go all the way? He went on to ask. Venus wasted no time clapping back. Are you going to write a good article or just a halfway decent one? Ouch. The reporter was seemingly referring to Serena's and Andy's defeat in earlier rounds of Wimbledon's singles competition. Nevertheless, Venus would not allow any Serena shade in her presence. Following the humbling moment, the reporter replied, I'll do what I usually do, to which Venus quickly fired back, us too. <laughs> Listen. These sisters, yeah, don't play with them. They're thick as thieves. You cannot get between them. You don't try to put them up against each other. Do They do that on their own without anybody's help. But it's time for Caribbean Corner. Our first story comes out of BVI, mass stranding of pilot whales at Anagada. And I hope I pronounced it right. The British Virgin Islands government says its Ministry of Natural Resources and Labor has confirmed that the removal process has begun for the over 50 short fin pilot whales that have died on the island of Anagada. They were discovered over the weekend. The pod of whales, estimated to be some 150, were seen by observers in the area. The spatial spread of the stranding was scattered across remote pockets around the eastern end of the island. 
To date, 17 whales that were found entangled with, within the prop roots within the mangrove forest and conch mounts were towed out at sea. The 30 to 40 that were beached on the sand were buried. The task of removal is estimated to be completed by Wednesday, July 6, which is today. The Minister of National Resources and Labor, with the assistance from representatives from the nonprofit organizations NGO, Association of Reef Keepers, and Beyond the Reef, along with volunteers from the Anagata community, collected genetic tissue samples and morphometric data from 39 whales and will be sent out of the territory for further analysis. I'm interested to hear what's going to come back because you say climate um, control is not a real thing or climate change rather I should say is not a real thing it is real because schools of whales have been showing up in places that they never used to show up in before I remember there was a school that showed up in the Caribbean in the Caribbean basin they were heading north from South America and ended up in the Caribbean basin and it's not as though they don't have built-in GPS it's a route they take every year but Unfortunately, because of climate change and all that we're doing to the oceans, things aren't going the way they're supposed to. Yeah, so I hope they can get more insight based on the the, um, samples that are taken from them. On to our next story out of Barbados, Bayesians, Guyanese, and Surinamese to benefit from newly signed agreements. The ink is drying on agreements signed by three governments that will redound to the benefit of thousands of Barbadians. Within the past 24 hours, Barbados signed new agreements with two of its CARICOM neighbors, providing for enhanced cooperation between the governments and the exploitation of opportunities in several areas of economic activity for their people. The Agreement for Strategic Dialogue and Cooperation Platform between Barbados and Suriname was signed by Prime Minister Mia Amor Motley, President of Suriname, Chandrika Persad Santoki, at the Presidential Palace in Paramaribu on Monday night, while the Barbados-Guyana Agreement was signed during a break from the talks at the 43rd regular meeting CARICOM Heads of Government this morning. Responding to the assurance from the Surinamese President that he would hold his ministers and officers to a standard that would ensure the people of the two countries receive maximum benefit from the agreement i want to have some more information about this um okay here we go so i'm digging a little deeper suriname is a major player in fisheries suriname is the location of the cah fsa which is responsible for the regulation of sanitary and cytosanitary measures within the community that's in the caribbean community if we want to expand our trade in food and if we want to have food security CAPSA is going to play a critical role in allowing us to be able to do so. So what I'm gathering here is that um, Suriname, and we spoke about this, we came to the forefront the other day, Suriname, Barbados, and Guyana, they are moving forward in that we should be depending on each other within the CARICOM community before going outside, which I hope other islands will join forces and buy in to the same train of thought and not only buy into it but actually act out on it source ourselves as much as we can before um you know fueling other economies yeah that's how i look at it 
So we head over to Jamaica. Government announces a $2.7 billion um, package in additional support for vulnerable citizens. The government is in providing $2.7 billion in additional social intervention expenditure, which includes $750 million towards a campaign to clean up parish capitals and major townships ahead of independence celebrations in August. Of the amount, $550 million will be allocated to the National Solid Waste Management Authority and $189 million to members of Parliament via the Constituency Development Fund. The announcement was made on Tuesday by the Minister of Finance and the Public Service, Dr. Nigel Clark, during a ministerial statement in the House of Representatives. He said amounts allocated via the CDF can be used for beautification, bushing, drain cleaning activities, and other activity a member of parliament deems fit. I need specifics on what a member of parliament deems fit. Am I the only one asking for clarity on that? Nope. Sure I'm not. Because... What one may deem fit, another may not. And what do you consider deems fit? Um, the only thing I would change in terms of the reason for the disbursement towards capital, um, the parish cleanup is we're in a hurricane season. I would prefer to hear them say $750 million towards ensuring that there is no flooding, making sure that drains are kept clean on a regular basis. Um, whatever needs to be done to reinforce infrastructure, waterways, bridges, that sort of thing, protect those. That's what I would look forward to. Um, parish councils have been trying their best to keep parishes clean all along. It's just that people are just nasty. They keep throwing their garbage where they have no business throwing it. Um, but that's how I see it. Others may disagree, and that's okay. I would say that first, hurricane um, preparedness, and then independence celebrations. A lot of money is going to be is spent on independence celebrations every year. Every single year. To what avail, may I ask? Millions of dollars every year. For what? I don't know. Sorry. I'm probably very out of touch. <laughs> probably not as patriotic as I want to believe. I don't know. Yeah, I think, I think I know. It's just sad to see, like, the governments, like, over the years, they just waste money, waste money, because we're not even independent. I don't even know why we're celebrating, <laughs> you know, that amount of money, like, for celebrations, you know? Yeah, $750 and, million. $750, yeah. did I say, James? Yeah, $750. I, th I think most, most of those money... Most of those money being spent are, are like, you know, kickbacks, like to give your friend, like, because remember, remember Bob Grange was caught up in, 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 remember some, some dress thing for like how much hundreds of thousands of dollars for a dress? And they're like, ask why the dress so expensive? Who and, paid for the and, dress? Who paid for the dress? I think it, it had something to do with Bob like Bob Grange. How much for the dress? A couple of hundred thousand dollars, I think. Oh. It's a it, couple of years ago. And people came out about it and, and, and they were questioning it was, like it was, it was Jamaica fifty, but it wasn't just the dress. It was um, music and stuff like that, production. Yeah. No, so what happened when they were celebrating Jamaica fifty? So it's ten years ago, oh. and then there was a, it was the same year. I think that the PMP lost or the J. There was a chance of government at the same time in the same time, mm -hmm. and 
I think it had a lot to do. The scandal was bigger than us address. It was um, who who contracts were awarded to and the kind of monies um, um, that the contracts were awarded and who got the money. So it, 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 it was a big mix-up and a big thing between Lisa and, uh, and Babsy. Um, it was corruption, but I think a lot of it came out because was exposed because there was a transfer of government and then a lot of the budgets and the spending was exposed and there were clear evidence that people were palms were getting greased mm. because mm-hmm. of how the money but earlier you mentioned something about waste collection and all of that i mean just jamaica a lot of jamaican people dump stuff but the truth is jamaica doesn't have a proper system of disposal so um there are certain areas where you go where you can't find a garbage bin a proper garbage bin to throw to throw garbage mm-hmm. or to throw regular a box or a, a, a plastic bag or you just eat it out they don't, even, they, they, they don't have a proper system of and the garbage collection in terms of garbage collection is one of the biggest money making um, friend kickback system in Jamaica, the NW, whatever your name, waste management. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, all those systems are not run properly. Um, it's friend and friend own trucks, and you know, uh, I, I don't remember where in Jamaica recently the garbage was backed up for days. Um, there's someone said, Catherine, I think the, the garbage collection was backed up for days till the place that stink. So, they just don't have a proper system. And, and, and I think that's a big part of the problem. It, it's just pure corruption, pure kickbacks. Um, when you hear them say they must spend $750 million, $700 million out of that is going into their friend's pocket. And those are um, I mean, I can't call names. No, uh, not call no name. <laughs> not call no name. What I'm saying, I'm just coming off a call. And... You know, we just got some information about the kind of money that was spent on Kamina's campaign. Wow. You know what? So foreign companies. <laughs> foreign companies. But anyway, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. We, you know, we understand that there's a lot of corruption all the time. As you mentioned, the garbage issue. Here is something I can't understand, right? Riverton. Dumb. Why can't they build a mountain... Kind of like what that I've seen here in South Florida. And, you know, it's covered with grass. So you, you keep building and building. Instead of having, and then it's covered up. So you're not smelling this stench. And you don't have children rummaging through the garbage. And the goats going through. It's as if they just take it and just dump it in this big open I, field. Can't they do something else? I, I think um, Riverton Dump. Um, and they did do some work on it, but Riverton Dump is, is is a result of every time the funding is granted to upgrade the dump, again it gets into the wrong hands and the wrong pockets, and it has never been spent to do what it's supposed to do. What? Well, what you just suggested a while ago is, of course, it's doable in Jamaica. Yeah. And 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 actually, there's money in garbage disposal. Yep. As recycling is one of the biggest ways of making money, but because so, so, it's for, so for example Wissinko is now doing recycling of plastic mm-hmm. right and they have got millions of dollars in grant funding and all different kind of sources green money because there's a lot of money 
in in green they call it green paper and blue paper whatever the blue is for water thing water and, and green is for like waste management and a lot of millions of dollars money granted by the idb and these organizations for stuff like that but those monies just don't end up being used for the right purpose they maybe get the project and they start a project and they do like a phase of it and that is why there's so much fire is happening at Riverton. It's always burning, you know, and then they use those as excuses as all the work stopped because I'm fair did catch. I think sometimes they light the dump themselves. Anything is possible. Anything <laughs> is possible. But that is how $750 million could be used as well. A part of it could go to improving the dump and not just giving it, but seeing to it that um, the work is carried out. The problem, O'Neill, that we have in Jamaica is that people make promises okay i'm gonna do this but nobody holds them accountable so it, it it's an ongoing problem that we have down there and that's why the corruption is ongoing because nobody is being held accountable show me the receipts show me the work that has been done and it, it doesn't get done until a foreign entity comes down there and that is why china can move in and do what it wants to do because we don't know how to manage our business i'll say this here right hungry and i say this to people all the time um if you when you're hungry and anybody in this room has ever been in a position where they don't have food to eat or they don't eat for a couple or even if you have food but you don't eat for a couple hours and how weak your body get because when the when you get hungry to the point where your blood cells is not pumping enough oxygen to your brain you can't even think properly honestly speaking that is why they're keeping Jamaicans in poverty. I think most Jamaicans are mentally affected by poverty. And, I'm, and I know people say, oh, wait, wait, wait. But the truth is, a lot of these people, the most they can, it's survival. They can't think farther than the next bite or the next sup of water. And when you have 70 to 80% of your population that's living like that, it's impossible to tell that person to dream or to have vision or to hold somebody accountable. It's like a joining man grabbing off a straws. And until we change that, that's the real reason to change poverty. It's not just a rubber stamp, band-aid conversation, or we need to end poverty. The reality is somebody who is depraved of food and resources can't think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but you know what, too? Moments, I think over the years, it, it's sad because 68, and they're, they're spending, for, for if you check all the independents, what are they uh, spending money on? Like entertainment, culture, which is good. But you're going to tell me that, you know, 60 years ago, like going through all these years, they can't add stuff to it. Like Jamaica is deprived of like small business development. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of inventors. There, there are companies there that are trying to reward great innovative ideas. Why not make that a part of the independent, independent celebration? Why, you know, you have the, 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 the song, the gospel festi song festival, the, the, the cultural festival. Why not add like a small business element to that? Why not add like a, a creative element to that where, you know, you... The same way like the winner of the festival will get such and such money. You have inventors, you have small business that you encourage um, them in their growth. And when they grow and they can show you on the book how the growth is, 
you reward them with like say like a 10 million dollars so they can expand their business because like i i know this i have this friend in jamaica that she she does some like jams and and and, and stuff like that and, she, and she'll do like a sorrel jam and some of those stuff that um will blow like any grace kennedy or any lasco product out of the water because it's like fresh and organic and 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 good stuff and there's like a small organization in jamaica that's helping to fulfill stuff like that but the, the organizations that are doing stuff like that they only have enough money to bring it to like a craft market level where you you get the stuff package you get them label you get like 500 and you get to take them to like a, a food market and sell them the government can expand on that and, and and then you have like companies coming up because when you look when i go to buy products in canada um for the restaurant 90 mm percent -hmm. i'm not even joking 90 percent of the jamaican products that i that that i see on the shelf in the caribbean place are are not made in jamaica 90 percent of them mm. like only the, like grace kennedy stuff you'll see um and and even some of some of the grace kennedy stuff they're made in canada but it's still jamaicans benefiting from it so i don't have a problem with that but when you look at stuff that's coming from mexico with a jamaican flag on it when you look at stuff that's coming from honduras from guatemala with a big jamaican flag on it it's it's, it's disgusting and the government spending millions of dollars on and 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 other stuff and they need to because small business is like the engine for any country yeah small businesses you know yeah well let's see what this next story is going to reveal for us down the road <laughs> a group of 80 saudi arabian business interests will arrive in jamaica on friday july 8th for discussions with government officials on local investment prospects tourism minister edmund bartlett who made the announcement said it will be the largest and strongest group of investors from the middle east to be hosted locally they will arrive after participating in the inaugural two-day caribbean saudi arabia summit which gets underway in the dominican republic on wednesday today Bartlett, who was slated to depart Jamaica on Tuesday for the summit, made the announcement during a media briefing at Gordon House in downtown Kingston on Tuesday, where he provided an update on tourism developments. He indicated that members of the delegation will be exploring potential investment options in several areas. These include logistics, agriculture, infrastructure and real estate and tourism and hospitality. We are excited about the prospects of being able to show them the different investment options in the corporate area in Montego Bay and elsewhere. And that out of it will come foreign direct investment straight investment in the economy of jamaica the minister stated bartlett said the visit to jamaica was facilitated by his ministry working in tandem with the ministry of industry investment and commerce and portfolio minister senator aubin hill this i think is an exciting moment and i'm very pleased that minister aubin hill and myself have teamed together so well to create this opportunity for investment in jamaica the Caribbean-Saudi Arabia Summit is being held to facilitate stakeholder discussions that forge and strengthen business relations between both regions. How are we feeling about that, O'Neill? How do you feel with the Saudis? Um, um, I mean, well, I, well I, I'd like to wait and see. Saudi do have a lot of money. They're they're less they're less um 
they're they're gonna be less intrusive than a than a than a China or a Russia. I think their objectives um, geopolitically is different. Mm-hmm. Um, they are an ally of the United States, so we're gonna we're maybe gonna get less pushback from the U.S. government to have them invest here than we'd have. And um, I, 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 I'm really more interested to see what industries they want to be involved in. Okay, I mean, so it says here, logistics, agriculture, infrastructure, real estate, tourism, and hospitality. Right, so what, it may, what they're maybe trying to do, or what, what I think the government is maybe going to do, is to try to use Saudi Arabia money to, um, to, 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 and maybe this is a directive from the U.S. government, to, to, to use Saudi's money to, for infrastructure rather than Chinese money. And um, one of the things that it can do for us is that it could open travel. So if, if, if airlines like Emirates and um, um, Qatar and those major airlines out of that side of the world, um, and then from a logistics standpoint, it, it may help. I mean, we have the best logistics in the Western Hemisphere, where we were located, proximate to the United States and the Panama Canal, mm-hmm. um, which 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 bridges east to west. So, um, as long as the government made the right deals about what kind of infrastructure development and for tourism, I mean, we saw what the Saudis have some of the, the, the Middle East have some of the best engineers, so. You know, we may see a lot more projects um, like some of those that exist in Asia. Um, you know, hotels on the sea and over water and, and, and those kind of stuff. Okay. Um, places like Goat Island and these places developed properly um, where, where it efficiently doesn't destroy the, the ecosystem. But, right. you know, so I expect a lot because of, of how advanced they are. Mm-hmm. And Hopefully they may decide to run a deal and get Jamaica some oil at a better rate. Okay, so let's see. So we're gonna wait and see what comes out of this. All right. Yeah. So we're not gonna um say no to the um prospect, but we're definitely gonna be very um mindful of how we move forward. I'm gonna take one yeah. more quick comment. Go ahead, James. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm a bit skeptic about some of those um um meetings. Is that in our history, we have seen that um, other countries that come in to invest in Jamaica, there's good and bad, but it's it's almost like the bad always outweigh, because we always end up signing in their terms. Mm. You know, like you know, like we always um, compromise way too much, right? And sign in their terms, and 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 I think while those relationships are very important, I think the Jamaican government need to do a better job in forging relationships with. Jamaican billionaires across the world because there there's a lot of them out there There's a lot of them out there that 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 want to invest in Jamaica And if they are given the opportunity they would so I think they need to forge those relationships first Okay, all right great point. Thank you so much the Minister of Agriculture and Fisheries will be launching a wheat flour substitution program to combat the global shortage of the commodity and promote healthier eating among Jamaicans Portfolio Minister Pernell Charles Jr. in making a disclosure said, with the support of the government of Cuba, we will be targeting breadfruit and cassava to create gluten-free flour as a healthy alternative to wheat. The global wheat shortage has resulted from several factors, including the Russia-Ukraine crisis, the coronavirus pandemic, 
and the effects of climate change. The minister also noted that a significant number of Jamaicans are facing various health challenges, with data indicating that 25% of the population is suffering from at least one chronic disease. Obesity among adults has also increased, and between the years 2010 and 2017, obesity among children has doubled. It urges us, and so we will be updating the food and nutrition security policy to boost the consumption of locally grown nutritious foods. They should have been doing that a long time ago. They should have been doing, but everybody wants foreign food to eat. They should have been, because you have breadfruit dropping and rotting in Jamaica. So there's, 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 there's two things. I mean, cassava um, can be used as a, to, to create, um, what do you call it? Um, as a supplement for, for, for our Floridas, um, breadfruit and, and all these other, other, other crops. And I mean, yeah, let, let, I guess it's a wait and see to see what they're really going to do. Or if they're really going to do what they say they're going to do. I mean, Jamaica should be, I, I buy, um, when I can't get the whole breadfruit, I'm not good at cooking breadfruit or baking breadfruit in the oven. I'm going to be honest. I'm not, right? The last time I had roast breadfruit was when my very dear friend was here and he and Marlon did it in the oven. Now, I usually buy the frozen breadfruit. That's Goya makes it. Although I swear I wasn't buying any more Goya products. But anyway, can't help it. I need my breadfruit. So I buy the breadfruit. It's frozen. It's already pre-fried. They, they call it pan de... Um, oh my gosh, I forgot. Toston de pan. For, you know, in the tostoner's form. And they, they fry it and they press it out like you would do the green planting. So I get it like that. Why isn't Jamaica exporting that? Why? 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 You know... I know what you know what to um in not especially in North America, the the level of like gluten intolerant has like quadrupled in the past decade or so. Like everybody has some issue with gluten. And there's a lot of stuff like that when you go into when you go inside like the, the whole food stores now and you see all of the stuff like like sometimes I go in there and I see all of the stuff that like like a garnet silk used to talk about, like chronics and you know some of these guys talk about from back in the days when people used to burn out Rastafari and say like, oh, what kind of food is... And it's so, like, I, I just have to laugh because when you look in the, in the stores now, all of those stuff is like Rastafari and food. And, and the, the things that they're making out of flour now, I see chickpea flour. Can you imagine chickpea mm -hmm, flour? Mm -hmm. Yep, just I've, I've seen it too. Just imagine banana flour. Um, breadfruit flour, all of those stuff can make flour. They, they, they have a breadfruit festival in St. Vincent where they, they make everything out of breadfruit, like a thousand products out of breadfruit. Breadfruit you know, so, tacos? Yeah, yeah so they, they, can, they, can, they can do a lot of stuff, encourage young people to go in farming and, and, and to build greenhouse and to, and to, like, all of those bananas that, you know, rotten in because they can't sell at a certain time. You, you dry them and, and you turn them into, into flour. You know, a lot of people, you turn them into, into like cereal, like, you know, the cream of wheat stuff, banana, cream of wheat, whatever. Like, there's a lot of market out there for it because, as I said, a lot of people in the world now cannot have gluten. Yeah. And we're sitting on a gold mine and we're not using it. I'll, I'll, I'll add my voice to say, like, we were talking about investment a while ago and 750 million, etc. And 
to the point, food processing. Because the issue that we have, a lot of these crops grow. And they grow naturally, they grow wild too. Right? I mean, breadfruit tree just there and it's grow. Uh, um, I think creating food processing plants to preserve or, and I'm not, uh, uh, yeah, to can, to, to, to preserve fruits, to preserve, to, to process these products um, and store them just for local and, and international consumption. But I think the focus should be to grow enough food and also process the surpluses so we can have enough food to feed ourselves as a nature and that way you can cut back on imports. So um, the big issue in Jamaica is like naturally everybody seek a higher quality of life. So what you see on TV, it, 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 it creates a perception of what you want, right? And cable, cable television in Jamaica run the foreign ads, right? For everything from cereal to whatever. So kids and everybody are like, they're just no, the novelty that we have with importing products have a lot to do with what we see and the perception that is created in our minds. And that's what marketing does. Um, if we are growing enough local crops and they were educating people about the health, because Jamaica is right now, I'll, I'll say this, I think in the last couple of years, Jamaicans have become extremely health conscious, right? Um, there are things that, as, as you just speak a while ago, that we, as we were younger, like me, I used to take a lot of things to go. I grew up on land with everything on it. You could eat, when I'm, I remember when I was a kid, I don't want to eat pumpkin. <laughs> I don't want to eat these things. And as an adult, I'm starting to realize you want to look at the price for these products here in the United States or even in Jamaica, the market space. You realize the luxury you had growing up in rural Jamaica or semi-rural Jamaica. But if they... If but you actually the town people, you're some burnout country people. Yeah. Country people have the healthiest food. And I think some of us today who grew up in Jamaica that is is 50 and 40 and 30 and people as you look 10 years younger and 15 years younger the food that we see it on our kids mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a result of the food that was never the gmo in it and and and, and that it's not a processed food and 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 it's from farm to plate food that you're getting fresh yams fresh fresh food of the land mm -hmm. with with there are no fertilizer and, per, uh, and preservatives in 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 the crops but um in terms of investment, and hopefully maybe the Saudi Arabians will grant some money. Because one of the things Jamaica will need to do is to is to create funding, startup capital for people to invest in stuff like hydroponic farming, um, and, and 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 give incentives for people who grow crops that can help to meet the demand within the country. I never think about export yet. Export is important, but if you can't feed yourself. Right? You're not even how you're gonna feed somebody else. It's self-love, you know? But let's see what they do. Yeah. So I've been given the green light. Um, just wanted to let you all know. I've been given the green light to go beyond 12 o'clock because we do have quite a few more stories to go through and the conversation has been good. So I do appreciate um QMZRadio.com. Thank you. Um thank you so much, naturalist, and thank you, DJ Simple for Janoradio.com. So we'll be going a little beyond twelve o'clock today. Yes, sorry, Mama. just just to add this, um, the perfect example out there now, the one, the, I think one of the biggest example, like is um, quinoa. The, oh, the like, quinoa, the Q-U-I-N-O-A, okay, yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah, so that that was like you you would have to be in a certain circle years ago to to even know about quinoa, right? Um, and it just for the past decade or so it just blew up in the market, and every you can't go to a supermarket now without seeing it. Everybody's cooking it. Like I know, like Jamaicans, and and you say, oh, why are you cooking today? Like, oh, I'm gonna just do some like salmon and some quinoa, and I'm like, what? You know? And I think it, it's it's from um, Egypt. And and they have been able to capitalize on on it, yeah. Because it's in, it's in such a high demand now, and and that's and that's that's what Jamaica should put themselves in a position to, to because, trust me, like Jamaica, can be the food basket for the world. Jamaica can be that. But you like, know, I'm sorry, James. I'm sorry. I thought you were finished. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, and and if not the world, if not the world, not America. Like you, like Scotch bunny pepper. Um, pimento seed. You can't plant enough of do just those two things alone. Scotch bunny pepper, pimento seed. Like I, I use those stuff to cook. And when you use pimento seed from Jamaica to do anything, you can tell the difference. You, you, mm -hmm. Like scotch bunny pepper from certain other countries, you can't eat it like cherry. You can't just put it in your mouth and eat it and no effect. From Jamaica, like it, 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 the heat is so crazy. The flavor is crazy. You know, so, so, so there's like Jamaica, places like Colombia and a few other countries are the only places can say like, look, our ground, like it's like there's, we have magic in our ground. Like anything going there and come back out, it just come back out with flavor. Like the earth in Jamaica have flavor in it. But and we need to capitalize on it. You know, oh, um, yes, um, Sonette, real quick. Sorry, James. Thank you so much for that. And Sonette pointed out something and it's true. Um, Quinoa is originally from South America. That's where it derived from originally. It's an Andean plant. Okay. Um, uh, you know, let me look something up because I want to be very specific. Hold on. Mind my typing here. But okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yes. Um, hear me, Javette. Sonette, you're absolutely right, and I, I'm not too far off. Um, quinoa is an Andean plant which originated in the area surrounding Lake Titicaca in Peru and Bolivia. Quinoa was cultivated and used by pre-Columbian civilizations and was replaced by cereals on the arrival of the Spanish, despite being a local staple food at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, so it was not to not to challenge you, James. Yeah, you're making valid points. Just just wanted to point out that it's not from um, from the area you mentioned. It is actually Middle from East, South America, yeah, but yeah. not yeah, not to challenge you at all. Just to yeah, no, no, I understand. I understand that. I, it's just that you know places like when you when you associate like tea and stuff like that, you think England and they colonized tea from like um, like India. Um, those India Indian India and um, India's next door neighbor. They control their tea market. The British control it. The French control like the, the, the coffee market in Colombia. So I think it's pretty much the same thing with, with, with the quinoa. Because like I think most of the production, from what I've heard, I think it's coming out of Egypt, if I if I'm correct. I'm not hundred percent sure. But okay. but that's what happened. They they colonize people food, you know? <laughs> you know what is what is alarming is how much you pay for jackfruit here. Jackfruit that drop off a tree in Jamaica and goes to waste that people just pick it up and give it to the pigs because they just don't want it. And yet a little piece of jackfruit, not that can barely fit in the palm of my hand, $8 for it in the supermarket. $8. 
I don't buy the tinned one because I don't see how you can put jackfruit in a tin. I like the jackfruit where, you know, you get it out the pod and you pick it out and that sort of thing. Yeah, jackfruit. So we have so much there that is going to waste. I'm going, I'm going to sell you, um, I can sell you pimento, James. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I just, I just bought some Jamaica mango this morning and, and I feel like, like I went to buy drugs or something. That's how expensive it was. <laughs> I can sell you pimento and I can sell you nutmeg because we grow those at home. We have a nutmeg tree. Wait, James, I'm feeling some kind of way. You live in Haiti out of the story. <laughs> You know. no 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 no. we're gonna jump over there because i i saw your comment and i was gonna um go to your comment next you know but um so dr daphne has said and for those who are listening online um haiti has great cocoa pumpkin castor oil yeah so let me ask you dr daphne do they export the cocoa and to what degree do they export it and to where we just had uh, work with a young lady, Creole Essence, to a few years back. She was in a black tank and the shark tank. So a nonprofit people organized to support her to make sure she was scaled in order to get the castor oil out of that. We also in the process of creating a shipping or you know technology, as Javed said, with the um, Jumu, which is the pumpkin that they do the Haitian soup with every year for the independence. That's the one I'm talking about. So it's in the process, but we was going on with the politics of Haiti, of course. You know, that slowed that process down as of now. So for what I would like for me in terms of the Caribbean, if we really do a coalition from Jamaica to Bermuda to Haiti to all the different countries that have something specific to their land... We should be able to one feeding at least North America where it's closest to us. You know, that yeah. should you be feeding us. Yeah. But the castor oil is in the market now called Creole Essence, if you ever need it. But the pumpkin thing is in the product and the cocoa, they take it, but they don't give Haiti card, um, credit for it now. Oh. I've seen it. Yeah, but they don't get But it's not the people. It's Haiti. You know, the, gov the government, is, it's, it's, it's not the people this time. You understand? So they have great soil for the cocoa. And that's why the Dominican, they go and get it and they go sell it in their market. Because, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you know, that's also another reason why a lot of us stop getting paid because it goes into the other side of the island. Wow. Yeah, there's. I think there's so much. But as was mentioned earlier, we are so inundated with um, ad advertisements from overseas. So everybody has a foreign mind and everybody wants things from foreign because if it comes from foreign, it is better. We yes. If you notice the chickens, everything else we have is completely wiped out, especially in Haiti. We can't find like Haitian thing no more right now. I'm like, it's yeah. ridiculous. So we're killing ourselves because we deny or we turn a blind eye on our, the very things that we have there. You know, we turn a blind eye to them and then we bawl and say, we're hungry. No, we're not hungry. We refuse to use what we have because we think that something coming from somewhere else is better than what we have. Look at what we read about the OTT Apple um, last week. In my opinion, I think it's way better than the, the quote unquote American Apple. And the American apples that we see in the supermarkets here and what you get in Jamaica and everywhere else around the world, they have been sitting in storage for a long time. And if you notice, the minute you take them out of the supermarket and take them home, they start to go bad. 
the chemical is wearing off. The preservative is disappearing. So we need to, everybody needs to really look at what they have in their backyard. In their, and when I say backyard, your country. And take advantage of what you have there. Yeah, I, th I think the free market has worked as like a double-edged sword like for, for smaller countries like Jamaica. Because mm -hmm. there are businessmen in Jamaica who only care about money. And yeah. you can't blame them for wanting to maximize on profit. Um, so like, you know, stuff like bringing in chicken from like America should not be a thing unless it's like an emergency. But because of the, 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 the free market system, like you can't, like the government can't stop you from bringing in stuff. And if you, if the government put like a higher tax on say bringing in chicken, like businessmen, business people can challenge it. But you know, like we should be able to supply our own people with, with like stuff like that, you know, They're like people bringing in onion. You can imagine an America's onion growing onion Jamaica, going to Jamaica. So because of the free market, it, it just kind of restrict government from doing certain things. You know, we should not be. There are certain things. I chickens, for example, James, Let, let's use chickens. I can't for the life of me understand why chickens that are imported are cheaper than the chickens grown at home. That should be a huge no, no. What about, um, I remember my grandparents, my mother's um, mom and her, her stepfather, they had a house in Kingston. In the backyard, he would grow his callaloo and he had a chicken coop as well. People don't understand that you can give the chickens callaloo too. No, everybody fixated on foreign chicken that swell up with water and all kind of um, preservatives and hormones and all of that. And that is why we now have an obesity problem in the country. And I, would, I don't know if I would want to call it obesity, but people are bigger than they normally would be. 12-year-olds no longer look like 12-year-olds. They look like 16 and 18-year-old year girls. Fully developed. Because of the hormones that we're feeding our system. Because that's what's in the food that's coming from overseas. I, government should see to it that every supermarket, every restaurant, uses local products first. First. And it should be affordable. It should be comparable. The price should be comparable to that coming in from overseas. I don't get it. Um... Historic, all 63 MPs file statutory declarations on time. For the first time ever, all sitting members of Parliament have filed their statutory declarations with the Integrity Commission, as required by law, during the reporting period under review. The revelation was made by the Commission's chairman, retired Justice Seymour Panton, in the Commission's annual report for 2021-2022, to which was tabled in the House of Representatives on Tuesday. Panton, in the chairman's remarks, noted that the commission has been giving serious attention to the statutory declarations of assets and liabilities of public officials. He was pleased that all, three, all 63 MP, MPs had complied with the law, stating that, in this regard, Parliament is setting a good example for other public officials to follow. James, yesterday we said, you said rather, create the environment, right? So, here they go. They're creating the environment, setting the example 
um, by declaring their assets and liabilities within the timeline that they're supposed to. The commission is also pleased that there has been a significant increase in the number of public officials who have been complying with the requirement to file. Those who are delinquent are urged to comply as delinquents can expect prosecution. Continuing, he said, all declarants are expected to make full and truthful declarations and should take note that the information and complaints and investigation divisions of the commission are committed to a careful and probing examination of declarations. The commission expects full declarations of bank accounts and declarants are reminded that the law provides for significant fines and imprisonments. The public release of the commission's annual report comes on the same day that the former member of parliament for Northern Clarendon, the People's National Party's Horace Daly, was fined $80,000 for failing to file his statutory declarations under the Integrity Commission Act. He was accused of failing to file his statutory declaration for the period 2020 to 2021. Yeah, so lead by example, right? Good. Now, <laughs> let me behave myself. You know, let me behave myself because um, they don't have to declare all their assets especially if the assets are not in their names. <laughs> they don't have to declare that. Really, though, if it's not in their names, do they have to declare it? I don't think so. And that's not illegal, is it? I don't know. Um, in, sorry, in Jamaica, that report is made public, right? Should be. Let's hope. Let's hope. I mean... <laughs> Let's hope, James. Let's hope. Yeah, well, one of the problems I have, like, I don't know, I, I'm not against people getting rich, but, man, like, when you look, because I look at Andrew as an example, Andrew Olness. Mm -hmm. Like, I know when I first met him was, like, I would say about, not to age myself, but <laughs> Listen, about 25 you have years. wisdom. You're, you're like fine wine. About 25 years ago. And and when I just met him, like we were pretty much equal. And I'm 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 nothing compared to Angino. And I'm like, it's not generational wealth. Like, where's all that money coming from? And and it's you know, and I don't have a problem with like Jamaicans being wealthy or politicians being wealthy. And I I kinda endorse sometimes it it has its good and its bad, like business people that 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 are successful in business like you have a donald trump you know run for leadership but you have to question when someone go into politics poor and then in the span of 20 years they are like generational wealth and and you're like man like how did they do that you know i don't envy him but you have to question it when the politicians are richer and the country is getting poorer you know <laughs> <laughs> so if he as long as they're not in politics and they're they're acquiring their wealth and it's not generational. You're okay with that. You you can accept that. Easily. Yeah, yeah. No, I can accept that. I just, I just, you know, like I understand. Like I'm okay. Like okay. Say for Andrew example. Like he, he's a young, cause he's always been a brilliant, um, young man. Like he, you know, go to like a non-traditional high school. Um, he's always well put together, intelligent, and everything. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a, I don't have a problem. Like if 
he's running for politics and like say like a business a businessman in the community see him as a young man and admire him and say you know what i'm going to invest in you like here's like a loan for like 50 million dollars what do you have any great great ideas or whatever mm -hmm. i'm okay with those type of stuff mm -hmm. but you know when, when you hear about the the, the the scandal with the education minister and uh, those are the, the problems that i have those are the the people that i have problem with like that create generational wealth out of like you know school feeding program out of um university program out of road works program and stuff like that um those are the people that i have problem with because anybody can can set you up like because you know politicians mm -hmm. you're you're in politics and a businessman can give you a favor for a favor it's wrong but me not gonna burn him out for that you know but when you when you take out of the kitty was supposed to be the government like when when you give a road work to somebody that's like 50 million dollars and you try and, and you say oh, okay just write a hundred million dollar we'll split up the other 50. that's right. where my problem okay that's my problem all right that makes sense thank you so much james appreciate that um yeah so our last story out of the caribbean corner no request from jamaica's government for popcorn to be detained in uk the government of jamaica has not requested that dance hall artist popcorn can be detained in the united kingdom the disclosure came from minister of foreign affairs and foreign affairs senator kamina johnson smith in a tweeted response to a query from shelly and Curran, ceo of shelly Curran bookings which was made after Popcorn was detained on his arrival to the UK on Tuesday. The party shot shared his plight with almost 3 million followers on Instagram via a video in his stories on Tuesday. Calling on Prime Minister Andrew Holness for answers as to why are there red flags against his name that causes him to be detained each time he enters the United Kingdom. It was not the first time Popcorn was making a public appeal to the Jamaican government about the matter, having also been held in UK immigration in January. Koran, in a tweet to Johnson Smith on Tuesday, highlighted Popcorn's situation in the UK, stating that he is detained and asked to do so by the Jamaican government and questioning why. Johnson Smith responded to Koran, denying that Jamaica's government has made such a request. Uh, there at Shelly Curran, the government of Jamaica has not requested that at Popcorn Music be detained, but there are many reasons why a traveler may be detained. I have asked the High Commission to inquire into the matter as early as they are able so that they may be advised. In his post on Instagram on Tuesday, Popcorn displayed a paper for viewers, stating that every time he's in the UK, he's given the paper and detained because of information that was sent by my country that I should be stopped every time I'm in the UK and I want to know why. Hmm. Interesting. With Johnson Smith stating that she has asked the High Commission to make checks, Popcorn should soon have an answer to that question. Um. <sighs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so him asking the question of Andrew Olness directly, well, indirectly is the leader of the country, but I think immigration stuff like that doesn't necessarily um, it's obviously coming from it's obviously coming from the security Minister of National Security, which controls immigration um, police deportation because that is not the Ministry of Foreign Affairs 
that actually controls a lot of those channels. And it could simply be, um, you know, sometimes it's like shadow ban, like what they call it, shadow banning, right? You could be traveling to Norman Manley Airport and an immigration officer or even somebody that works with the airline could just, you know, there's a way they can flag you. And the person on the other end is just going to double check you because you were flagged. It, it can be malicious. It could be personal if somebody personally know you and want to do it. And it also sometimes can be that, and I'm not talking about popcorn is a known personality, but it happened to ordinary Jamaicans who you're traveling too frequently or um, you could have somebody within your orbit, in your camp, in your affiliation that is being investigated and you don't know. Mm-hmm. And as a result, they will stop you. Um, they will check you. Um, you're not traveling on a diplomatic passport, so you're not immune. Exactly. So, um, and there have been instances, though, that I know of where um, there are people that Minister of National Security have stuff on their dockets because for whatever reason they feel like they're watching that person and a lot of not popcorn directly but a lot of our Jamaican artists because of where they originate from have friends in their orbit of questionable circumstances for foreign entities and you he just maybe and they're not going to tell you and they don't I have don't to. I don't think he's going to get an answer as to why he's really been stopped. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, O'Neill. Um, I, the, the thing that's puzzling for me is why would Jamaica want to stop you in England? Isn't that an England immigration situation? Them deciding to do that on their own? Don't you think that probably he needs to get an answer from the embassy? I don't know. Um, Not really. There, all. So remember, Jamaica has its signatures to certain international agreements in security, and um, you know, yes, at the ordinary situations, but there's there's always chatter and communication between Scotland Yard and Jamaica and Interpol and and, and, and all of the different organizations that were signatories to. So especially countries like the United States and Canada and England, they work in tandem. Mm-hmm. So when you lose a U.S. visa, there's a very high possibility that you'll never get a, a British or a Canadian visa as, as artist or whatever, because they all um, they share information and um, on security. So like, and for example, in Busy Signal, who couldn't travel to the U.S. when he got caught after the, you know when they caught up with him and, and held him, he, he, he said the, the 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 FBI agents told him that we gave the British government and the Canadian government permission to give you a visa because we were watching you, and they watched him come to Canada and watched to see if he was going to try and sneak across the border or into the U.S. and stuff like that. So they have their reasons to watch um, people that of personalities um, for whatever reason. And as I said, he, listen, I'm not saying popcorn into anything, right? But Jamaica is a melting pot, 
And let us be real, right? You have people who are scammers, you have people who are drug dealers, and it is an ordinary next door neighbor in a lot of instance. You don't necessarily have to be the person's friend. The person can just live in your community and because of the look up, you're them cool and you're them talk and you're them hang. You're not into them business, you're not doing no business with them or any illicit business, but you're them hang out, you're them end up at the same party, you're them drink and toast to the same songs. And if, if they live in England and you fly come England to do a show, you may end up link up with them have a link up and you got somebody yard and and you're them a hang out. And all of these things form part and parcel of how these security people investigate and, 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 and sometimes maybe every time they come they want to check him for say, you know, is he carrying messages? You never know the simple <laughs> stuff. But let me ask you a question, O'Neill. Is it yeah. happening to any other artist right now or is it just him? Because I, I mean, can understand why he would be concerned if he looks around and says, but hold on there. Other artists are traveling, but I'm the one that's being detained mean, all the time. So on that particular trip, he could. But I'll, I'll say that, remember, being a man could not travel. Even when being a man has had a U.S. visa, he couldn't travel to, to London for it for a number of years. He wasn't allowed into London. Um, and one of the things too about these systems is that once you're red flagged, unless somebody go on the system and take a red flag off. I remember you're dealing with different agents. It's not like you're seeing the same agent every time. So it's what's in the system. Something is on the computer system that that alerts that person that's checking him that they need to double check him. Um, I mean, personally, me traveling to the U.S., and I, I, over the last 15 years, I used to travel to just like it. Before being here now, I used to travel to just almost every month or every other month. I travel for business, I travel for family. Um, simple things like, my brother worked in the airline, and simple things like booking a flight too close to the time to travel, or simple things like, like if you're on a pass, say on a, on a, on a, on a, one of those pass passes um and you can, you can change it without the body pass the body pass yeah i i don't use body passes i use the passes you you use <laughs> whatever o'neill um yeah <laughs> it's called no. a body pass for those who want to know yeah but yeah i'm just saying if you if you change that pass so, so i remember one instance the first time i got stopped coming into the u.s i bought the pass for the wednesday something come up and i needed i said i changed it to the thursday and then something else came up and I changed it to the Saturday. And when I finally fly like the Monday, they stopped me. Because it it triggers something in their system. Mm-hmm. Right? Because the manifest is checked to see who travels on every flight. Mm-hmm. And you're moving. Why are you moving? What, what's, a, what's a reason why you shifting your tickets like that. If you buy the ticket too close to the time of travel, all these little things, they have their own security measures that they, they use. And once you get, the first time I got stopped, the second time I traveled a month later, I got stopped again. And I think the only reason why I got cleared is because they stopped me on woman for like, the first time they had me sitting down in the room for like almost two hours, or almost three hours. The second time, on the Pumata line, I look at a white man and I was like, okay, you know, what's happening? And he was like, he doesn't know. And I said to him, I was stopped the last time. And, him, so, and I said, whenever I was at the airport in a long length of time, so 
like I literally said to the white man, so, well, hopefully you guys can ask me the question quick and him say, he said to me, that's what I can do. And all, the only difference with the second time was that they actually called me to ask me the questions um, in a shorter time. And then when I went down to the to baggage claim to collect my luggage to come out, I got stopped again. And I got stripped, not strip searched, but just dig up my bag and all sort of stuff. And I can't forget, the man came over and he said to me, um, how are you today? And my <laughs> natural disposition was normally to just smile. I used to smile about everything. As I started to smile and say, I'm okay. And then in the middle of a stop, I'm say, I'm not okay. And I'm saying, you mean I'm not okay? What's the problem? And I told him what happened the first time, what happened this time. And he said to me, there's a form you can send and sign up. And I said, I did that the last time. And he said, what is it you do? And I tell him, and he said, do you have a business card? And I said, yes. And I, he took my business card and he went over to the computer and he over there for about five minutes, typing, reading, typing. And he came back to my hand on business card. I said, you're going to be okay now. I've never been stopped <laughs> after that day. And, um, as a matter of fact, the next time I traveled to New York, the, the, the officer said, welcome home. And I, and I wasn't a resident, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I think it has a lot to do with what's on their system. Yeah. And it may have little or nothing to do with the government of Jamaica. And I, I want to think it has little or nothing to do with the gov government of Jamaica in his situation. But then again, I don't know. Um, and they have their reasons, as you pointed out. They do have their reasons, the, the reasons they don't have to necessarily disclose to you. Are right, we going to take a quick break? And when we return, it is Believe It or Not News and Entertainment News. Here's a little bit more from Destiny's Child, our hashtag WCWRJs for today, Woman Crush Wednesday.
It's not hot that you be calling me, stressing me, paging my people, you're just non-stop And it's not hot that you be leaving me messages every 10 minutes and then you stop by When I first met you, you were cool, but it was game, you had me fooled Cause 20 minutes after I gave you my number, you already had my mailbox full So what? You bought a pair of shoes, but now I guess you think I owe you oh, You oh, have yeah. to call as much as you do, I give them back to be through with you And so what? Like you, well, now, what you think I will do? Will do. Even if you the city like you do. I don't really care to do a bugaboo. You make me want to pick you out the window. Hey. You see, I have to cut the phone post. Break my lease so I can move. You a bugaboo. A bugaboo. I want to put your number on call by. Hey. 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 Thank you to all our listeners logged on to QMZRadio.com, JohnNoRadio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me, and you're listening to Coffee in Tow, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments on Instagram Moments with Me Media and subscribe to the YouTube channel Moments with Me Media. Like, share, comment, and click on that notification bell. Coming up right after this, we do have our Believe It or Not stories and entertainment news. in believe it or not stories miami beach hotel employee shot dead after denying guest club entry the brazen murder occurred in the early morning friday hours at the popular clevelander hotel the victim 50 year old dion david moore was working the front desk at the hotel when 29 year old brandon cortez burris tried to sneak into the hotel's nightclub by walking through the lobby after observing Burris try several times to enter the club, Moore approached him and asked him to leave the building. The two began to argue and Burris swung at Moore but missed. Moore backed away from the irate man who retrieved a gun from his waistband and shot the staffer at least 
six times. Miami Beach police responded to the scene and found Moore lying in a pool of blood. Boris fled the scene but was located shortly after in the 11th Street and Washington Avenue area. He was found in possession of a handgun missing its magazine. The Clevelander management released a statement saying that they are devastated to learn of Moore's death and are cooperating with authorities in the investigation. Eric Jackson, a longtime friend of Moore, said the man was a pioneer who was always looking to create new things. He says Moore was not confrontational and would not have purposefully got into an argument of that magnitude. Moore leaves behind a twin brother, two daughters, a son, and a granddaughter. The family has established a GoFundMe page to help cover his funeral expenses. Boris is facing a second-degree murder charge. Michigan police used images of black males holding guns as target practice. At this point, racism is getting heavier and heavier. Thanks to a group of Boy Scouts, Farmington Hills Police Department is now under investigation after the Scouts discovered images of black males with guns were used as targets for shooting practice. The troops were touring the facility when they spotted the targets, which included images of some of the black males wearing hoodies and backward caps. Some of the targets were perished with bullet holes, Vice reported. In one photo from the group's tour, six white scouts are captured looking at the targets, which was of a black man who, was a, who has a menacing look on his face and pointing a gun. What makes it even sadder is a black boy scout is also in the picture but standing behind the group of six white troops. Thanks to an unidentified person who attended the tour, the disturbing incident was reported. When those children were exposed to those images, to me it was the potential detrimental effects on how they view black men and black people that was indescribable, said attorney Dion Webster-Cox, who represents the person. It's literally profiling for the black man. You've got young police officers, and this is what they're being trained on. The targets have since been removed and are now under a legal review, Mayor Vicki Barnett confirmed at a public city council meeting. During the meeting, Farmington Police Chief Jeff King apologized. He said, I'll take this one on the chin. I apologize to each and every person in this room, this community, my department, my city council, my city manager. I cannot overlook this. He also disclosed that the images were purchased, but did not say where from or if they are of actual people. He did go on to say that the use of the images of black men was taken out of context. A diverse group of targets were on display the day of the tour, not just targets featuring black people, King said. Unfortunately, this was not accurately depicted in the photographs, as the photographs only depict a small area of the department's firing range and a select number of the targets that were presented and discussed during the group tour. Apparently, the department uses images of a dozen different people, 10 of whom are white and two black, which falls in line with Michigan's Commission of Law Enforcement Standards in the city's demographics. Farmington Hills is 18.5% black and 62% white, a 2020 census report showed. Assistant Chief John Piggott told Vice News that officers typically train using silhouettes, that's what I thought, and bull's eyes to measure for accuracy, but only use images of people when they start training officers on threat 
assessment. While the default targets are all holding guns, they can also be captured holding a bear can, a cell phone, or nothing at all. Because now it's not a question of whether or not the officer can hit the target, Pigot said. The question now is whether or not the thing that they're looking at is a danger to them or not. For Webster Cox, the explanation does not change the fact that black men were primarily presented as targets when the children visited the shooting gallery. This is not acceptable. You don't want your children to just start off hating. This was not the first time this department has been under scrutiny over the use of targets it has used for shooting practice. Last July, the Michigan American Civil Liberties Union filed a Freedom of Information request that asked the department to disclose images of any gun range targets used by the police department from January 2020. The organization received images of other non-black targets. However, those images were not on display at the time of the Boys Scouts tour. (sighs) Yeah. Surprised? No. Disturbed? Yes. Could it be that the reason the other images were not on display was because they were probably expecting whites only boy scouts? There was only one black boy there. Could it be that, oops, oh boy, Uh, we were not expecting him. Could it be that this is the norm, that when only white groups are touring, This is what they're seeing. Hence, the continued narrative that is pushed out there that members of one community are seen as bad criminals, whereas the other community or other communities are upheld. Quite frankly, if you're going to have images of people, you need to have images from all races. In my opinion, granted, I would rather you have none stick to the, um, what you call it? The, oh my gosh, I just read the word, the silhouettes stick to the silhouettes and the bull's eye targets. Why do you have to have the image of a person looking at you in a hoodie and the cap turned back ways? A lot of white folks wear their caps turned backwards. A lot of white folks wear hoodies. A lot of white folks hold bear cans. A lot of white folks hold cell phones. You, you know what's concerning about that report? Um, because you'd have to imagine that um, someone in the police force would have had to report something like that. Like someone that, that went for training, that go to that system. Because you'd have to think that, okay, they are like other, you know, they are like Hispanic um, people that go for training. They are blacks. They are, you know, different races. Um, so what's concerning is like, is there, are they covering up? Like if, if, if there are like concerns from within, like why are we um, using these targets when I go for training? If those concerns are, are if, you know, were like reported anonymously and and went through some like they just flush it away and 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 not it's not come it's, it's not brought to the public's attention that that's what's concerning because you'd have to think that some like if i'm going in training for a police officer 
as a black person, I see that. I'm going to have concerns and I'm going to report it. Yeah. So that's what that's what's concerning to me. What what is happening with the with the with the reports? Are they like just filing them away or, or, or something? I think that's what it is. They're ignored, my opinion. But I'm glad it was brought to the forefront and then there needs to be a scouring of all police training facilities. What's really being put up there? Look at the demographics as well. As, as I said, I don't think you should have any image of a person. Stick to silhouettes. Stick to the silhouettes. A bodega worker is facing murder charges for stabbing a man during a potato chip argument. Customers dead on Friday night, shortly after 11 p.m. Jose Alba of a Blue Moon convenience store on Broadway in Hamilton Heights, New York City, got into an argument with a woman inside his store. The two reportedly exchanged words because she did not have enough money to pay for a bag of potato chips. The woman left and called 37-year-old Austin Simon to the store, though it is unclear if he has already if he was already outside the bodega or if he came there after learning of the verbal exchange. It also remains unknown what Simon's relationship was with the, on, with the identified woman. Once inside, Simon argued with Alba, and at some point he went around the counter and began physically attacking Alba. The 51-year-old store clerk retrieved a knife and stabbed Simon once in the neck and twice in the chest. When first responders arrived, they located Simon suffering from stab wounds. He was rushed to Harlem Hospital, where he was pronounced dead. Alba was questioned and subsequently charged with murder and criminal possession of a weapon, though it appeared that he initially acted in self-defense. Police located the knife used in the killing at the bodega. Listen, a, a bag of chips? Lady, if you don't have the money, leave the chips. Bodega worker, I would have said, you know what, just go. Go with the chips. I get it. But you go call somebody else and then this person comes in the store. And of course, you come around my counter, I'm going to defend myself. Because I don't know what you're going to do to me. But I think lack of common sense displayed here. This escalated unnecessarily. It didn't have to go there. Don't need to argue with somebody about not having the right amount of money. You don't have the money. You don't need to argue with the clerk in the store about giving you the bag of potato chips because you're short. And you didn't have to go and call somebody else to come in there. So you call this man to his death unknowingly. Come here. <laughs> Lonely Las Vegas travelers may now have virtual reality porn headsets delivered to their hotel rooms. Okay, then. Thanks to a virtual reality porn company, Las Vegas visitors can now get their rocks off without leaving the comfort and lubricant of their hotel rooms. VR Bangers has partnered with several hotels in Vegas to deliver virtual reality headsets directly to guests' hotel rooms. The distinctive tech company specializes in adult films, uniquely developed to be, to be viewed using three-dimensional virtual reality headsets. For those experiencing loneliness in Sin City or who simply opt for a solo mission, the VR Bangers Helmet Rentals are available for just $50 a day. 
To keep the freaky delivery discreet, the company has enlisted the help of self-driving robots to drop off at customers' hotel rooms. The experience will allow users to match the background in the virtual reality with their hotel room for a realistic evening filled with orgasmic joy. VR Banger CEO Daniel Abramovich even shared that the company has incorporated some special scenes to ensure heightened levels of immersion and realism. Oculus Quest 2 headsets created exclusively by Facebook parent company Meta are the only ones VR bangers utilizes in their deliveries. Customers can also rest assured that every helmet will undergo a rigorous cleaning procedure after use. As of now, it is unclear which hotels have partnered with VR bangers for the spicy delivery service. However, travelers may check with their hotels before booking or visit the VR bangers website. Why that name, VR Bangers? Could you find out another name? And, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not so sure I would be interested in using that helmet after somebody else. No matter how rigorous your cleaning procedure is, I'm sorry, y'all can keep that one. But there you go. Um, in entertainment news, Kel Mitchell's ex-wife claims, I'm not sure who Kel Mitchell is, someone may know, but anyway, uh, claims, she once caught Nick Cannon dancing for Kel while dressed in her cheerleader uniform. Oh, my gosh. Kel Mitchell's ex-wife, Taisha Hampton, wanted everyone to know she walked in on Nick Cannon wearing her cheerleader uniform. But what strangers, what she said he was doing. Apparently, she says Cannon was also in their bed trying to cheer up Kel after he had just got caught cheating on her. Hampton uploaded a story time about the Wild and Out host and Mitchell on her TikTok account, telling her followers, you can definitely be blinded by love. Remembering when I came home early to hashtag Nick Cannon wearing my full cheerleading uniform, including the briefs, doing chairs on the bed for my ex-husband, hashtag Kel Mitchell, to cheer him up because he cheated on me. She alleges in the caption of the video. She then insinuated the Keenan and Kel star was an absentee dad in another TikTok video. Hampton had previously accused her ex of physically abusing her during their marriage. The former couple also made headlines last year after publicly feuding over alleged back child support claims. Taisha claimed Mitchell owed her around $1.2 million in unpaid financial support and tax. However, Kel vehemently denied those claims, suggesting his ex was only looking to stir up some clout. The two share two children, Lyric and Allure. Is this a case of um, hell hath no fury like the that of a woman scorned? Oh my gosh! Really? I don't know if I... Not that I am... You know what? That's what I'm saying. It's impossible that the cat could do this. But for someone who has so many women as the mothers of his children and seems to love women and adore women, um, I find it kind of weird. Bring the receipts, um, Taisha. That's what people are going to People, I think people are going to want to see the receipts. Wasn't Nick Cannon in a cheerleading movie? 
which one? Yeah, I think the one that he got famous was one one of the movie that he got famous from was some cheerleading stuff. So oh, you never know. Really? I, I don't remember yeah. that. The one with um Christina Milian. But he wasn't wearing a uniform, a cheerleading uniform in that movie. That was Christina Milian. Yeah, her, yeah. She did a cheerleading movie. What was the name of that movie? Marlon, that's your girl in your dreams. That's your girl. Mm-hmm. Love don't cost a thing. <laughs> see? I knew you would know. Love don't cost a thing. See, I know where to go when I need certain things, right? Yep. He didn't put on a cheerleading uniform in that movie, did he, uh, Marlon? I don't think so. No, he didn't. No, he, no, didn't. he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's probably his um his fetish, inside fetish for nobody nobody knows about dressing up like that. So who knows? Hold on, Marlon, are you in the kitchen? <laughs> I'm hungry. Moments really. You're too funny. I'm listening. Listen, aren't you one Dr. Daffy, don't tell me I'm the only person who does it. Listen to the background. <laughs> Yeah, cool, nosy. <laughs> oh, you're not in the kitchen. And okay, son number two is in the kitchen. Okay, got it. Adele opens up about wanting more children with Rich Paul. I definitely would like a couple more, she said. Adele, who is 34, spoke candidly about her desire to have more children with host Lauren Laverne during the most recent episode of BBC's Desert, Desert Island Discs. The singer already has a son, Angelo Nine. Time flies. Wow. I didn't realize it's been nine years. Who she shares with her ex-husband, Simon Konecki. I didn't know she was married before either. Hmm, interesting. I definitely would like a couple more children. She said it would be wonderful if we can. If not, I've got Angelo. I just want to be happy. Adele admitted that becoming a mother had transformed her in every single way. Good, bad, strange. I love being a mom. According to the Grammy winner, her son is following in her footsteps and loves music as well. I didn't know she was married before. I just thought she was always with, and I, why did I think that her child was with um, Rich Paul? Uh, I'm out of the loop. I need to get back to it. Um, Burner Boy does not mind Tony Braxton receiving 60% of royalties from his record, Last Last. Anybody knows that song? Last Last? Anybody familiar with it? I'm not. Uh, so you know I'm going to go see if I can find it I hope it's up here already burn a boy because okay so I guess I'm not the only one who's not familiar with it okay here it is I found it I found it. let's listen to it real quick uh turn this up that would be helpful is it playing burn a boy yep okay let me start it over last last okay here we go Yes, it's not playing. They don't want to play it for me. Hmm, what am I to do? Anybody, nobody knows the song? Okay, come on. You're not Afrobeats fans, folks. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't want to play for me. I don't know. Last, last. Hmm. By Burner Boy. Somebody check it out and tell me know how it how it works out, how it sounds. Or you know what? Let me try something else. Yeah, I'm going to try something else. 
because I really want to hear it now because I want to see what he sampled from her for him to be able to be okay with paying her um 60% of the royalties from that song okay here we go let me see hmm it just will not play it doesn't want to play okay I'm hearing it I don't know tell me if you can hear it can you hear it I can't make it out. I, I don't know. I'm going to ha probably have to get offline to be able to hear it properly. But y'all can check it out and tell me what you think. But the story goes that um, Tony Braxton is cashing in on Burner Boy's record last last, earning 60% of royalties from the single. The Afrobeats superstar sat down with a million dollars worth of game where he discussed the popular song which samples Braxton's 2000 certified gold hit, He Wasn't Man Enough. The record peaked at number one on the Billboard Hot R&B Hip Hop Song for four weeks and number two on the Billboard Hot 100 for two weeks. Burna Boy says he was eager to create something new with a tune and knew his producer could make it happen. I just wanted to use that sample. But she's taking 60%. He appeared unfazed by the royalties that Braxton gets from the record and hopes she'll one day come onto one of his shows. Though Bernie revealed the sample was his idea and had no issue with Braxton taking a hefty cut, the revelation launched a debate on social media regarding whether or not this was a good idea. It will appear on his highly anticipated album, Love Damini, which will be released on Saturday, folks, for those who love Burner Boy. Yeah, that's it. I want to hear it. I really want to hear it now. Now I'm going to really have to He sounds like he sampled um, Tony Braxton. He wasn't mad enough. You could hear like her, he sounds like her melodies in the background. That's what I hear. Okay. Let me, let me, okay, here we go. I got it. I got it. Okay, here we go. I got it. Hey. You go bow for the result, nothing to discuss, cause I did win by default and without any doubt, I'm a me happy adult, I no go feed the girl, I no go feed the girl is out, I'm a mind as you be talk, I put my life into my job and I know I'm in trouble, she manipulate my love, Okay. Moments. Now she's going to take 60% of yours. 60% of mine? How? Oh. <laughs> I would have done that song a little differently. I would not want to hear her voice at all. Just the um, music, the instrumental. That's what I would have laid the track on top of. 
I um yeah, because for me, this is just my personal opinion. Hearing her voice in the background, it sounds a little conflicting. It's, and what I'm finding myself doing is straining to hear her versus focusing on what he is saying. That's me. I don't know how anybody else feels. I guess I'll hear it a couple more times. It will grow on me. I'm going to have to listen to it again and again um, to see how I feel. But right now, initial hearing, sampling, kill her voice in the background. Just have the, the instrumental and lay your track on top of it. That's me. Yeah. She can get the 60%. <laughs> yeah. Her voice in it make it sound like a cheap production too. Yeah. The, you know, like a like a young producer trying something. Yeah. It make it give it that sound to it. Yeah. I don't like it. Sorry. Don't like it. Don't like it with it. Redo it and come back at me. Or if any DJ wants to redo it, um, you know what? I'm gonna challenge myself and redo it. <laughs> oh, I've been learning. I've been practicing a lot, so that's a challenge for me. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna redo it. Yeah, but I'm not gonna debut it because <laughs> I don't want nobody laughing at me. But yeah, that's what it is. So that's it for entertainment news. Ah, we are at the end of the road. And just a quick moment with me. Setting goals is the first step in turning the invisible into the visible. Tony Robbins said it best. When you have your dreams or your visions, set those goals so you can accomplish them. Tie your shoestrings, take off your cufflinks Did you wanna eat food? Let me feed you Let me run your bath water, whatever you desire I'll fly ya, sing you a song Turn the game on I'll brush your hair, help you put your do-rag on Want a foot rub, want a manicure Baby, I'm yours, I wanna cater to you, boy To even come and step to me Ask to hold some money from me Until you get your check next week You're trifling Good for nothing type of brother Silly me Why haven't I found another A baller When times get hard Needs someone to help me out Instead of a scrub like you Who don't know what a man's about
say thank you to all our listeners who logged on to qmzradio.com and johnnoradio.com and everyone here with me on clubhouse where the conversation happens i'm moments with me and you were listening to coffee in tow world news on the go every monday through friday starting at 9 a.m to 12 p.m eastern where i read the news and we share our views always great conversation shared views varying opinions and interesting perspectives and one thing's for sure two things for certain you're always gonna learn something new don't forget to follow me on twitter at me media moments on instagram moments with me media and subscribe to the youtube channel moments with me media like share comment and click on that notification bell tune in to qmzradio.com the quality music zone and johnnoradio.com download that app j-a-h-k-n-o available in the apple and google play stores there's music that plays throughout the day to get you going yeah you can listen while you work 
set you all enjoy the rest of your day and whatever you do wherever you go i ask that you please be safe don't worry this will not be the norm we are finishing at 12 o'clock tomorrow ladies ladies ladies, ladies and gentlemen thank you thanks for listening thank you for listening Thank you for tuning in to Jano Radio. Jano Radio. We are we are we are online 24/7. We 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 hope you enjoyed the show. Bye bye.